Hello! Welcome in everyone. Um, I'm still very nervous about starting this so I don't really know how to start for today but if you don't know me, I'm sure you do, but if you don't my name is Mashiu and this is My Anime Academia, the very first episode of the anime podcast. Uh, we're going to be starting off tonight uh, with me just giving a brief introduction of I guess who I am and why I got into anime and where it's sort of taken me and then we'll be bringing in our first guest Gigawolf. Uh, Blizz, yes you did technically win the race before it began but we will get to that. You are currently disqualified for that. <laughs> um, but yeah just a couple of uh, I guess housekeeping things to begin with. Every one of the audio commands has been turned off for tonight uh so please don't use sound alerts tonight i haven't currently turned them off because i forgot to but you know just because this will be being uploaded in a podcast format i don't really want to have those audio cues going it will kind of ruin things so the podcast for the podcast format all of those audio cues are taken away so unfortunately for tonight um, none of your commands will work. So if you type in your exclamation mark command, it's not going to work. So there's no point. Um, the next thing to say is there is a, a timer and I've also used it on command exclamation mark podcast. Just like in the D&D streams, I will not be able to directly interact with chat very much tonight. Um, just because of the format of what this is. Uh, so I do apologize for that, but I love that you guys are here. I'm really happy that you can be here and gig is rating already. <laughs> um, now I've lost my train of thought. Fuck. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you do have questions for Giga or for myself throughout tonight, please do type them in chat. Uh, I will be reading out any questions and either Giga or myself will answer depending who it's directed at. And you know, there's the, uh, there's the timer. So just for the benefit of audio listeners tonight, I will be reading out what this timer says, which is just, hey guys, during the podcast, all alerts are turned off and I won't be able to directly engage with chat much, but thank you for being here. If you have any questions for either myself or our guest host, please type them in chat and we will answer as many as we can. So our guest host tonight is GigaWolf. Anyone that's in the community should already know who Giga is. Um, and tonight we will be talking about our hidden gems and some of our favorite and least favorite dubs and subs. Uh, next order of business is just to say there is a competition that will be running. It wouldn't let me raid, so people being hosted, please click this link. <laughs> That's weird, why can you not raid? That's really weird. Um, obviously I'm live because people are chatting. I, I better be live, otherwise this is all uh, a waste of time. And I'm talking to myself. Um, but there is a competition going. In our overlays tonight, there are 29 references. The first person, other than Blizz, who can correctly name all 29 will win some kind of prize. I'm currently deciding whether that will be a Steam gift card or a game. So we haven't hashed down what the prize is, but it's not going to be like, a, oh, here's a $5 game prize. It'll be a decent prize. 
so everyone will have two guesses throughout the stream i will not acknowledge those guesses i will send you a message to say yes or no at the end of the stream uh blizz didn't really cheat um blizz is just too much of a weeb and when i did the reveal he fairly quickly nailed down what all 29 were before the competition even went live so blizz has agreed to uh recluse himself from the competition um yeah so he has he's agreed to recluse himself from the competition because otherwise he would be able to immediately say right now what all 29 are and there would be no competition but i've also agreed to give blizz a uh, a prize as well because he did fairly quickly name all 29 the bloody madman so we're going to be starting tonight and i'm going to get into that um right now is i'm just going to sort of explain how i got interested in anime in the first place and sort of how long i've been watching and then we'll change screens and we will bring our other host in uh i mean you you can but i will not tell you which ones are correct and which ones are incorrect i will just say yes you're right or no you're not right for now depending how long it takes people um we might loosen the rules. Uh, and just for audio listeners, the question I was answering is, can we guess half and then come back for the other half? Further to audio listeners, um, if you do want to enter the competition, we'll be doing this live before posting it to Spotify and Anchor. So join into episode two and play your hand. Who knows? Maybe you win. Uh, but as for my journey with anime... Um, I got into anime in high school. You know, as a kid, I watched the usuals. I watched, I grew up watching Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z and Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, Crush Gear, if anyone can remember Crush Gear. Um, Beatemon. But at that point, you know, there was no difference between Yu-Gi-Oh! and Dragon Ball Z and Powerpuff Girls or Cow and Chicken. You know, everything was just a cartoon to me as a kid. So I didn't really distinguish the difference between anime and a western cartoon some people say there is no difference others say they do i personally think there is a difference both in style and content but that's sort of a personal opinion i ended up getting into high into uh into anime in my last year of high school through a very close friend of mine who was interested in an anime and they would not shut up about me watching it and eventually i gave in and said that if you shut up about anime I will I'll watch I'll watch one uh, and the one the very first anime that I ever watched dis with that distinguishing difference was a show called D and Angel it's a really cute little um, fantasy with a little bit of a love story in it um, and it kind of hooked me you know this was back in the days where if you wanted to watch anime online you'd have to go to some dodgy ass hosting site that would let you watch two episodes a day with freaking half an hour of ads between each episode and then if you wanted to watch the rest you had to come back the next day um it was also in the days of watching anime five minutes at a time and youtube episodes broken up it was a long ass time ago it's like 12 years ago now 13 years ago the internet is a very different place today now you get to sign up for funimation or crunchyroll or netflix or amazon prime and you can just watch 
at all there. And you know, there are the more, the less legal sh sites, which yeah, I've used my fair share of in the past. I've used Kiss Anime and those ones, but I kind of regret it in a way. I've also spent a not insignificant amount of money on purchasing physical media, both DVDs, a little bit of manga, and anyone who is currently watching, what you see behind me and to my to the side of me, this is maybe a third of my physical collection. The rest is currently in storage. This is effectively what I got in Japan when I was living in Japan. Uh, the rest, I have probably about another hundred odd figures in storage that I need from before I lived in Japan. So I've spent a lot of money on this hobby. And not insignificant amount of money. Uh, this figure right here, the Bunny Girl Megumin, that's currently worth about 600 US dollars. Most of those Megumin figures are anywhere from two to 700 US dollars. Now I got them, most of them brand new, so I got them cheaper than that, but this is not a cheap hobby. And I've spent a very large amount of money on it. Even these Arcanine and Growlithe plushies are quite valuable. And these ruby ones down here. Those, you cannot purchase these anymore, and they're now worth like 900 US. Things in this hobby get expensive. But the first anime I watched was Dean Angel. Then I went on to watch uh, stuff like Bleach. I think Bleach was my first major shounen anime. Um, my very first cosplay, I cosplayed as uh, Ichigo's Holified Bunkai. Was it a little cringe? I mean, most of my cosplays were cringe, not gonna lie. But I enjoy cosplay, and I would love to get back into the hobby. I do not have the ability to make my own costumes, but one day, maybe I'll try. Um, I've cosplayed Ichigo, I've cosplayed uh, Okabe Rintaro from Steins Gate, I have cosplayed four different versions of Gajil Red Fox from Fairy Tail. I also have uh, Gajil's Guildmark tattooed. So, there's a lot. Um, and yeah, I started watching 12 or 13 years ago, and over time just started consuming more and more and more of the media and then four years ago now I moved over to Japan and I spent three and a half years living in Japan which uh, ironically it's more difficult to watch anime in Japan as a westerner <laughs> unless you speak the language um, it's not easy to access anime in Japan um, most of what's on Netflix or what's on Amazon will not have English subtitles and the dub options are even slimmer so in my time in Japan I did have to resort to pirating my anime that's just the fact that I had to if that if I wanted to keep up with One Piece I had to use something like Kiss Anime which meant that I started spending more and more money on collectibles so I could at least support the industry because the reality of the anime industry is pirating hurts it more than it does probably any other creative medium. You know, a movie, you know, you get your billion dollar fucking Marvel movie. Marvel movies are not hurt by someone downloading it online. Not really. Because we're always still going to go and go to that cinema and we're going to watch it. 
the movie industry is not heavily hurt by it but the anime industry does not have the same financial fallback that that the movie industry does and the only way to guarantee that your favorite show gets a second season is to actually pay to watch it and that doesn't matter whether you pay to watch it through netflix through amazon through crunchyroll through funimation through purchasing the physical media it doesn't matter how you pay for it but if you don't pay for it then you are directly contributing towards at not getting it so i'm a very now now i'm a much bigger words proponent for supporting it financially because you know there's a lot of shows out there that haven't got second seasons and i've got to wonder how many of those haven't got a second season simply because of uh financial reasons and one of them i'm actually going to talk about today because i fell in love with the show and it's kind of one of my hidden gems but i personally don't have much else to say right now so i'm going to bring in our second host giga and we're going to hear a little bit from him uh hello oh. uh hold on uh giga you are still muted so uh giga's still muted currently okay ah, there we go there we go there we go there we go technical oh, difficulties <laughs> beautiful technical difficulties for episode one exactly hello everyone uh how is everyone doing today i hope everyone has been having a fantastic day um and uh yeah it was a great intro bash thanking you so how do you how do you want to proceed with this well um, i guess the first thing is what i want to know is how did you get into anime like how did I what, what's your story well i mean i kind of the same thing as you right um i started out watching anime as a child um and it was you know of course it was the same same usual stuff right uh watching dragon ball watching um sailor moon uh watching uh gundam wing um all the kind of stuff they would show on uh canadian uh cartoon channels uh effectively um because we did, we got different stuff than than um some of the rest of the world um we even got our own dragon ball intro <laughs> hilariously okay what was your dragon Good ball job. intro um, well, it was it was different than the so like there was the original Japanese Dragon Ball intro, yep, Hedgehog, right? Yeah, yeah, Hedgehog, and then there was uh, the American Dragon Ball Z intro, Rock the and Dragon. Then there was actually another different uh, Canadian Dragon Ball intro, okay. which was just awful. <laughs> See, I absolutely awful. adored the the American intro. Rock the Dragon is Rock iconic. the Dragon is great. Rock the Dragon oh, yeah, is Rock the just Dragon, absolutely great. It's a banging song. Hedgehog is a great song as well. Don't get me wrong. Yeah 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 so yeah kind of interesting but nonetheless as you said though before like as a child that was just another cartoon right yeah um it wasn't it wasn't something that you really differentiated um with and it wasn't until probably like my middle years of high school when i actually actively started getting into watching anime um as like shows that i actively sought out to watch um stuff like death note uh, yeah, Code Geass, um, stuff like that, right? So that's when I would really say Death Note was probably one of my first anime that I watched. Yeah, um, Death Note was fairly early as, in in my journey as well. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it's uh that really kind of set the set the tone for what I ended up looking for in anime, um, going going uh forward. Uh, and then I've been kind of just like, I wouldn't say like a hardcore anime fan, but like casually drifting in and out of anime throughout the years. Um, yeah. Where in the more recent years, I've definitely been getting into. Um, going through each each seasonal seasonal anime season. Now, see, I say I'm not a hardcore anime fan, but I'm keeping up with each seasonal anime season <laughs> and going through and, and picking out the ones that seem interesting to me, as opposed to the ones that just seem popular. That makes yep. sense. Yeah. Um, so, talking about hidden gems on a podcast is definitely going to be something that I'm I'm looking forward to because there's a lot of shows that I've seen in these recent years, at least that I feel like nobody else has ever seen. I bring them up with other people and they're like, what? I don't, yeah. I've never even heard of this show. So yeah, I've got, um, I've got yeah, a few I'm of really those. Looking forward to this. Uh, we have a question actually, not necessarily towards either of us, but one that I want to uh, point out. So one of our viewers, Charizard Dagron has asked, why is chat saying cancel Giga? Do you want to explain? <laughs> do you want to explain what that joke is? Giga? Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't even know if it's really a joke. Um, <laughs> So I have I have some rather uh, controversial hot takes when it comes to some of the more popular shows uh, out there. Um, I, I, I will they'll come up naturally as we go. I'm not gonna go yeah. go spouting all of my all of my controversial opinions now. Um, it's not that, and once again, it's not that I think these shows are bad per se they're i just know they're not for me for certain reasons and when yep. i list out those reasons i get hate and vitriol yep uh, <laughs> so that is actually something that i want to mention uh for this particular podcast is I, i've put it in the trailer and in the description here every single fandom has these hardline people who if you say something that goes against the grain, you are attacked for it, you are criticized, and all every insult under the sun comes out. That doesn't matter whether it's anime, whether it's games, whether it's Western animation like Ruby. Fucking don't even get me started on the Ruby <laughs> side of things. But there is this huge issue in communities about gatekeeping. And full disclosure, in my younger years, I participated in it. I could be pretty toxic in my younger years i have now grown out of that and i look back on some of my attitudes and i, I have a lot of regret about it but i mean who wasn't a bit of an asshole in their early teens like reality we all have shit things that we say or do that we regret later in life and the whole point of this podcast is we may gatekeep each other as a joke I might turn around to Giga here and say that you're a fucking asshole and your opinion is wrong. But we both know that this is in jest. Giga's opinion on, on anime is never going to be an issue with me. And the whole one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast is to actually be able to have these sort of conversations without the gatekeeping factor, without the hardcore serious gatekeeping, because gatekeeping is stupid the reality is gatekeeping is stupid the more people that can get into this hobby the better and it doesn't matter what hobby and one of the big and this is actually one of the reasons this is one of our topics of talking about dubs and subs tonight or rather not dubs and subs just dubs tonight is the biggest gatekeeping topic in all of anime is that dubs have no right to exist that dubs shouldn't exist 
And you're allowed to not like dubs. If you prefer watching the sub, that's awesome. Most of the time, subs do tend to be better. Because, you, you know, you get a lot more context and things how it was. But the reality is, so many people would never have found this hobby if it were not for dubs. And some people might say that that's how it should be. But I, I disagree. I think that the more accessible a hobby is, the better. And you see the same thing with D&D 5th Edition. 5th Edition is probably the most popular and most played of every edition of Dungeons & Dragons. And there are the, uh, the hardcore D&D group people who think that it should be less accessible, it should be harder to play, it should be harder to understand so that not as many people will play. And I just, I feel that that take is... It's wrong. It is a take oh, that I will so never, uh, I will never agree with it. I do not agree with gatekeeping. So we're kind of doing this in order to have that conversation. And another thing you mentioned is that you sort of try and pick out the shows you find as interesting, rather than the shows that are popular. And I, I'll yep. do that to a certain extent as well. And it's actually why it's taken me. It took me so long to watch My Hero Academia. Now don't get me wrong, I adore My Hero Academia. But it took me quite a while before I started watching it because of how popular it got. And my feeling with that is when everyone is raving about a show, it sets expectations very, very high. And then if the show doesn't meet those expectations, you don't like the show as much. To use a movie analogy again, Iron Man 1 is considered one of the best of the Marvel movies. Iron Man 2 is still considered pretty fucking good. And almost everyone universally dislikes Iron Man 3. I actually liked Iron Man 3. So did I. <laughs> I do hold, I do hold that Iron Man 3 is the worst of the trilogy. Oh yeah, definitely. But, but it was by still no really good. Yeah, but by no means is it a bad movie. But the expectations for the Iron Man and the Marvel franchise had been set very high and so what was once what would if it had been on it if it if Iron Man 3 had been the first Iron Man movie people would have raved about it and said it was fantastic but because mm -hmm. it was the third it didn't meet the expectations of the other Iron Man films and therefore people looked down on it and were much harsher on it and the same thing is true with anime, is that if I have really high expectations for a show, and that show fails to meet them, I end up viewing it worse than I would if I did not have those expectations. Um, that absolutely makes a ton of sense. And there's one, I'm trying to remember the title of it. I think I, I talked to Blizz about the show, and the beginning of it set, I had so such high expectations for it just by the beginning. Um... And it just failed to meet throughout the show, and it's now one of my lowest-rated shows. And I'm that happens a lot, actually. Yeah. Like if a show starts really strong, we're gonna we're gonna start out we're gonna start out yeah. by going into going into some hot takes here. Um, if a show starts really strong and doesn't live up to that strength and just completely plummets off its quality, um, that is a truly heartbreaking thing. Yeah. Sword Art Online. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, like, I'll I, feel give you like, I feel like the first like four or five episodes of Sword Art Online are very strong. Sets a premise, sets uh, shows like how dangerous this world is, shows all these characters that Kirito interacts with that then just get murdered and die and all this sort of stuff. 
and then um, and then it just goes off the rails from there. I, I would argue <laughs> sort of a bit with you. Show, I right? would. <laughs> I would split that Soda Online season one is actually two different shows. Yeah, there is Einkrad and there is the 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 Elven the fairy world. dance arc. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember what yes. that world was called. Yeah, and it's that Alfheim, Alfheim Online, Alfheim. <laughs> so the Einkrad arc was phenomenal. That was what actually started me in my uh, Isekai journey. I love Isekai shows. I would argue the first half of the Ironcrad arc was all um, Whereas the <laughs> Elfheim arc, there was there was there was some good in it, but it was it did not live up to the rest of it. And I'm trying yeah. to remember the name of the show that I was thinking about. I'll just explain what the show was because someone will be able to tell me what it is, and I think Blizz will probably be able to tell me if he's here. The show is that this kid is framed for the murder of his class. And they all have, and he's put into prison. His lawyer was in on it, and his lawyer basically like ensures that he goes to prison. And they all have abilities, basically, where they fight. Yes, thank you, Game Basile. Game Basile has given me the show Dead Man Wonderland. Okay, yeah, yeah. Dead Man Wonderland's premise is so fucking good. That premise of being framed for the bloody murder of your entire class, and being forced into a fighting prison where your abilities. I'd use through your blood and having to fight to the death. That premise is fucking great. And the start of that show was really, really strong. And there are some really good characters in it. But the show very quickly after like the second or third episode dragged. And there were some really good points, but there was a lot of jank in it that was not good. And so... It sits very, very low in my ratings because it had such a strong premise and so much potential to be good, and it just wasn't. It just failed to do what it set out to do, in my opinion. I, I think somehow that's worse than actually just being a bad show in the first place. Yeah, it is. <laughs> because like, there's another show, and <laughs> let, let's cancel MASH for a moment here. Let's get MASH's hot take. <laughs> Ooh, Naru I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Naruto fucking sucks. <laughs> I hate Naruto. And the reason I hate it is that, again, it's a shonen show that's one of the big three, massively popular. You know, even non-anime fans, if you say Naruto, people are going to know what Naruto is. But the problem, my problem with Naruto, and I have three problems with Naruto, and those problems are Naruto, Sasuke, and Sakura. <laughs> because they are terrible characters. Sasuke is anime Batman. That's all he is. He's anime Batman. He is a two... He is a two-dimensional character with a tragic backstory that is so goddamn generic that could be done well, but... It just isn't. And, okay, I'm going to pause for a moment just because um, Blizz has said that there is a podcast chat category. Is there? Is there? Is there a podcast chat category? I'm going to have a look. Oh, talk shows and podcasts. There is. Let's update oh, our category. Oh, damn. Let's okay, update. well, now we found out why it wasn't a tag. Yep, that's why it wasn't. Okay, well, now I'm sure it's updated. <laughs> we're no longer in talk show. Uh, we're no longer in just chatting. We're now in talk shows and podcasts. Thank you very okay, much for thank that, you, Blizz. Blizz. Um, thank you, Blizz. So, yeah, Sasuke is... He is anime Batman. And it's dull. 
There is no personality to him. Uh, Naruto is a one-trick pony. Because let's look at the three biggest shonen characters. They are Naruto, they are Goku, and they are Luffy. Those, if you look at shonen yep. main characters, those are the big three. Those are the big three. <laughs> Goku is a goddamn idiot. <laughs> but he is a very, very talented fighter. He is a very creative and adaptive fighter. Luffy, of the three, is by far the most skilled fighter. Is he the strongest out of the three? No, Goku would annihilate him with a single punch. Let's be real. Sure, Go Luffy is made of rubber, but there are limits to Luffy's rubber ability. And there's going to be a bit of a spoiler here, so mute if you don't like One Piece spoilers. It's very small. But there's literally a point where Luffy is imprisoned, and he is deliberately twisting his arms around more and more and so that he can rip his own arms off to escape. He doesn't do it, he gets someone else helps him out, but he was literally going to rip his arms off to escape. So there is a limit to Luffy's blunt force durability. But he is one of the most adaptive fighters that you'll ever find in anime. Uh, his first fight against Crocodile, he got his ass fucking handed to him. He lost outright. His second fight, he very quickly learned how to deal with Crocodile and fought him on fairly even grounds when, at this point, Crocodile was the superior fighter. He was a lot stronger than him, but he was able to adapt. Luffy gets faced with a problem, and if he fight, fight someone stronger, he will always come back and he develops on-the-fly strategies. He will always adapt a new ability as he needs it. Goku does this to a lesser degree, but a better example of that in Dragon Ball Z would be Krillin. Uh, particularly in Dragon Ball Super. Uh, and fun fact is Krillin and Luffy share a Japanese voice actor. I thought I didn't know. Yep, they do. I didn't realize that until watching uh, one of the Dragon Ball Super movies. And it was the second one, the Freezer one, Resurrection of Freezer. And I was like, listening, I was like, that's Luffy. Krillin is Luffy. <laughs> Why is Krillin Luffy? <laughs> but he is a very Krillin is a very very adaptive fighter. Luffy is a very adaptive fighter. Goku is to a certain degree, but Naruto is not. And every Naruto fan that has ever tried to sell me on the show has used the argument he gets better as it goes on. And so I tested their theory. The last Naruto movie, the one where they blow up the moon. <laughs> Which is basically like the most extreme uh, feat in Naruto ever done. They destroyed the moon. Or half the moon. So that should be Naruto at his best. That is him after the Hokage Wars. That is him with the most experience. This should be Naruto at his most powerful. At his most experienced. Here's a rundown on the basic fight of how Naruto will fight. Rasengan. Rasen Shuriken. Shadow Clone Jutsu. Shadow Clone Jutsu Rasengan. Okay, I'm angry now. Uh, Nine Tails. <laughs> and as he learns new abilities, just slot in that new ability. Okay, now I've got Sage Mode, so we're going to slot in Sage Mode here. There is, I have never seen him adapt to a fight. He just brute forces his way through it, and he is the he is the main character, so he wins. Sure, that is a very shonen thing. Um. And Bleach has the same problem. Bleach starts off really, really strong, and as it's as it continues, 
Bleach gets a little stupid. And here's how Bleach gets stupid. Ichigo starts off the show as a Soul Reaper. And then he also gains Visorid powers. Oh, don't worry, he's also now a Quincy. Every time... Oh, he's also a Fulbring. Every time a new thing is introduced... Oh yeah, Ichigo is, Ichigo is this as well. Ichigo is a Soul Reaper, and now he's a Visorid, and now he's a Fulbring, and now he's a Quincy. Oh, and the reason that he had two spirits and a sword was actually that one of them, his actual sword, the one that we thought was um, Zangetsu, that was actually his Quincy powers. And the other one, that one was, the one we thought was the Hollow, that one was Zangetsu. Come on, Kubo. You've got some better writing abilities than just making Ichigo everything. Like, again, my issue with Ichigo as a character is, on one hand, he is really powerful. Like, the, the whole thing, one of the whole things in Bleach is the size of a Soul Reaper sword is directly correlating to their amount of spiritual power. And that the captains have to f deliberately make their swords manageable because otherwise they'd be wielding swords the size of a skyscraper. Uh, so Ichigo, when he first gets his powers, his sword is a big fuck-off cleaver. Like, it's just this giant-ass thing and people are surprised. And so, for example, Kido in, in the Bleach world... The more spiritual power you have, the stronger your Kido is. Why did no one ever think it would be a good idea to sit Luffy... Uh, not Luffy. Sit Ichigo down and teach him some fucking Kido? Because let's look at uh, Hado 4. Hado 4 is Byokudai, White Lightning, which is one of Byokuya's most used moves. There is a scene in the fight between Ichigo... And Byakuya, where Byakuya stabs a sword through Luffy... Uh, I keep calling him Luffy. Through Ichigo's foot. I don't know why you say Luffy. <laughs> puts his finger on, on Luffy, uh, in Ichigo's shoulder and uses Hado 4, Byakudai. Hado 4 is the fourth weakest of the Kiro spells. And he blasts a hole through Ichigo's shoulder. Why did no one think it might be a good idea to teach some of these to Ichigo? Would that not have been smart? Maybe that might have been smart. Um, but even Ichigo at least adapts a little bit. But he's also a giant crybaby. <laughs> Ichigo will go between being a complete badass to running away and crying. And one of the examples of this is against his fight with Kenpachi Zaraki in the Soul Society arc. When he realizes just how strong Zaraki is... He runs like a little bitch, but then his sword basically bitch slaps him and tells him to actually fight, and now, now all, of a sudden, all of a sudden he can fight Zaraki on even footing? You know, Zaraki, the guy that's supposed to be the strongest of the captains by Yamamoto? Hmm, no. Don't buy it. <laughs> and then against Aizen, towards the end, when everyone else is fighting Aizen and Ichigo's just standing there like a little bitch, because... He is the only one that can sense Aizen's spiritual pressure. And that is because Aizen has gotten so powerful that no one else can actually sense his ability, his power. But Ichigo can, because Ichigo can sense how strong he is. He's scared. But Ichigo, that means that you are on the same goddamn footing with him. <laughs> you can sense his power because you are on the same level as him. See your dad and Urahara. 
and all the others that are fighting that can't sense his power. They are fighting and being actually brave because they know they're about to fucking die. And you're there quivering and you're supposed to be the hero and then in the next episode all of a sudden you're a badass again. Like, that is not character development. That is flip-flopping. Character development of that level is Usopp. This is Usopp when Usopp is legitimately pissing his pants in fear, but still fights people he knows can kill him. Because Usopp is a coward. Usopp is terrified all the time. But, has Usopp ever abandoned his friends and run away? I don't think he has. Fuck, Usopp went up against Luffy. He disagreed with Luffy so hard on the Going Merry, his fate, that he fought Luffy for the ownership of the Merry. And he knew, he knew that Luffy could kill him in one punch. Luffy could have one-punched man Usopp at any <laughs> point in that fight. But he stood up to him. Usopp is a better Ichigo than Ichigo will ever be. Because at the start of Bleach, Ichigo is like, he's this badass that kicks people in the face for disrespecting ghosts. But oh, now he's a little bitch. Oh, but no, now he's a real strong badass again. Oh, but now he's a little bitch. Like, make him be one. Make him be one and grow into the other, or be the other and grow into the other. Don't have him flip-flop between them. Yeah, it's probably fine when there's actual character growth with a character, like in C yeah. from Gurren Lagon, who is yeah. starts out as a little fucking bitch and actually grows up to be a fucking badass when he's a fucking adult. Gurren Lagon is a fucking amazing, like, complete batshit crazy bonkers wife. What the fuck is that show? Yeah. But... It is a fucking well-written show. And beautifully yep. animated show. And the fact that mm -hmm. by the end of it, that their mechas are actually picking up galaxies and throwing <laughs> them at each other is just... What the fuck is this? What is this insanity? It's, but somehow it's a drug it trip. It it's is. a freaking drug trip. But it's an amazing drug It is a very well done. Um, and then my final problem with uh, Naruto, which is what got this whole spiel started, is Sakura... Because <laughs> Sakura is billed as this... I mean, Sakura has the same thing that Nami does. Like, Luffy cannot take physical damage from blunt bros, but Nami is always able to beat the shit out of Luffy. It's a gag. In an actual fight, would Nami beat Luffy? No. Nami would die in one hit. It would, it would never happen. She could not bruise him. She could not make him bloody. It wouldn't happen. But it's a gag, so it's okay. But the show is set showing that you know, Sasuke and Naruto are scared of Sakura because of how brutally strong she is. Um, because she's trained by Tsunade. But then a fight happens and she is effectively sidelined and made a damsel in distress. And the only thing she can ever do is then heal them after. She's a skilled healing ninja. Either make her a capable fighter and give her a role in the fight or make her a purely support role. Because she's trying to fulfill the role of both Rukia and Orohime in Bleach. Orohime gets a bit annoying because all she does is sit on the sidelines and cry, Kurosaki-kun, Kurosaki-kun, Kurosaki-kun. But at least she'll try and do something in the fight, and when she knows she can't, she sits back and defends and heals. She at least knows her role and what she can do. 
She knows that her offensive ability is very limiting and she doesn't often try to interfere in the fight. And she's never sold as being this really, really, really strong character. But Sakura is sold as being this competent fighter that she's dangerous. But they don't show it. They sideline her. They take her out in one shot. They make her useless. At least Rukia still tries to fight. She might get fucking bitch-slapped every time she fights and loses immediately. But at least she's trying. And same with Nami. Like, Nami, again, she's a coward and she's weak, but she's intelligent. And sure, she can win some fights, but her role in the crew is not that of a fighter. Her role is making sure the crew gets where they fucking need to go. In terms of fighting ability, Nami's the lowest ranked member of the crew. But she's also the most important member of the crew because... Luffy has no sense of direction, and don't even get me started on Zoro's sense of direction. <laughs> that crew would be dead a million times over without Nami. That's just a legitimate fact. Nami's usefulness is not as a fighter, it is as a navigator, and she is an exceptionally skilled navigator. That is her role, and that is why she'll never be the one that tries to go up against the big bad guy. They don't sell her as a fighter, and they'll occasionally put her in a fight, but they don't have her brute forcing a fight they have her using her intelligence and so it's much better done than selling a character as physically strong and deadly and dangerous and someone that Naruto is scared of and then making her just be useless in a fight the better character on that side of things in Naruto is Hinata like let's be real Hinata is a really well done character insanely shy always hiding in the background but pushes beyond her shyness when she needs to um, I'm learning a lot about shonen battle anime right now <laughs> yeah but that is my problem with Naruto is that there are some really solid characters in it there are some really solid writing in it but I cannot tolerate the the, the main, characters. the main three characters, and the if you if cast, you yeah. cannot enjoy the main characters, and there's not enough of the side characters in it to carry, like you ruin it. I mean, even Kakashi, like Kakashi's a fucking badass. I love Kakashi, but I cannot tolerate the main three characters, and so I hate Naruto. That is Mash's hot take that Naruto is so trash. So we're canceling uh, Mash now. We're currently canceling Mash. I thought this was canceled Giga, but uh, apparently it's canceled Mash this uh, this episode. I didn't think you were going to go to the Naruto rant on first episode. I yeah, like Naruto, but I didn't think you were going to go the rant on first, first episode. episode. <laughs> um, but uh, let's move on to some some hidden gems. So Giga, yep. what are some of your hidden gems? Like shows that you think everyone needs to watch, but not enough people know shows about. Everyone needs to watch is a tough subject because people come to anime for all sorts of different reasons. This right? is fair, yeah, this um, is true. Like, like as as we just went through, you were just talking about a ton of shonen action anime, right? Which are classics, they're staples, they're they're all um, very highly uh, highly popular, very highly rated shows. Mm -hmm. I can't stand any of them. <laughs> so while fair. you can't stand, while you can't stand Naruto, I can't stand any of that. <laughs> That's understandable. And I don't mean to say, like, it's a bad thing. I don't mean mm. to say, like, the shows are bad. They are really well-made shows. 
They're just not for me. Yeah, so when you say a hidden gem that everyone needs to watch, I'm not so sure I could give you a hidden gem everyone needs to watch because, once again, everyone comes to anime for a different reason. If somebody comes to anime for an action series, I can't say go watch Odd Taxi and have that come across properly. Because Odd Taxi isn't a story about action. It's a story about it's it's the writing is phenomenal. It's a it's a mystery. Um, so this is this is my segue into talking about Odd Taxi. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is it is a mystery around this missing girl um, that the police have completely lost cold trail of. Um, nobody knows anything that's going on. Um, and you hear about the story, and it's a story about a walrus who is a taxi driver, <laughs> and you're like, okay, and what? And, you're, and I'm like, well, if I say anything more, it would really be a spoiler for this show because it's a mystery. Like, when you when you talk about a mystery show to, to people, you try to sell people on a mystery show, um, what do you say that isn't a spoiler, right? That's like, true, yep. Right? So it's, it's a world that is kind of like a New York City kind of world um, where everyone is uh, an animal, but it's not a furry thing. I swear it's not a furry thing. Not that, that there's anything wrong with that if you're into that, but it's, it isn't. Um, and it's literally just going through the stories of a ton of different people in the city, a uh, ton of different characters in the city, um, like a doctor who's a gorilla, and uh, of course the aforementioned walrus taxi driver, uh, a dude who's a, a dog who manages a K-pop band. Um, like stuff like that, right? Um, and it goes through all of these character stories, and their their stories all kind of connect, and eventually you you get the answers of the mystery throughout the entire show. Um, by the end of the show, um, absolutely phenomenal writing. Absolutely zero action <laughs> whatsoever, right? Yeah. So it's it's another one of those things where um, it all depends on what you're looking for, right? Um, I think I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah, so, so that that'll be my first thought, my first hidden gem. Uh, nobody has watched the show. Anytime I bring it up, nobody's like, and people are like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. So I've just got a message from Ivy saying, "Giga, really be panicking over saying furry." <laughs> I get a lot. So with a name like Giga Wolf, you get you get a you get a lot of. I mean, are you a furry? I'm like, there's nothing wrong with being a furry, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but you made me think of two shows with you talking about Crazy Taxi. The first is FLCL, Fully Cooly. <laughs> because, you know, we talked nope. we talked very briefly about um, Tengen Topper, Good and Lagen being a drug trip. If Tengen yep. Topper, Good and Lagen is a drug trip, Fully Cooly is overdosing on six different psychoactive <laughs> medications at the same time. Um, yep. I, 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 I know there was a reboot of it. I haven't seen the reboot. But, I mean, what can you say about Fully Cooley? What is there to say about that show? Like, what is it? It's like four episodes of just, what the fuck is going on? I don't think anyone can say that they like it or don't like it, because I don't think anyone understands it. I don't think that whoever created the show understands what it is. <laughs> um... From what Cooley, I've seen of the show, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> I, I, I cannot explain Fully Cooley. <laughs> Yep. It is weird, it's wacky, it's creepy, it's crazy, it's... I, I, I don't know what Fully Cooley is. It is just... What, what the fuck is that show? Like, let's be real. The other one you made me think of... Um, actually, two more. Uh, the first was a show called uh, a show on Netflix called... Um, Doro Hidoro. 
if you've heard okay, of yeah, Doro yeah, Hidoro. Yeah. I've heard of it, yeah. Um, I'm that's a really, it. it's a really interesting show. It's um, the premise is that there's a gu- there's basically two cities. There's like the underground city where the normal people live, and then there's the world where the magicians live. And the underground world is um, they're like the second class citizens, effectively, um, that the wizards, the mages, use as experiments, and the main character is called Kaiman and he currently has a lizard's head and he's lost he's lost his memory he doesn't know who he is and he goes around uh, with a friend who helps him trying to find out who he is and anytime that he finds the magician after he kicks the shit out of them he puts their head in his mouth and that shows them who, like, it shows him on the inside, like, his human face on the inside, and then he, like, pulls him out of his mouth, and he's like, what did the me on the inside say? (laughs) And he's just trying to find out who he is, like, he's trying to track down clues, and it's weird, but it's really, really well done. But you said, like, uh, Crazy Taxi's not... Like they're all animals, but not, but not in a in a furry way. It's not it's not a furry thing. It's it's so, definitely uh, there's no characters that are furry bait in the show. Okay, uh, <laughs> I want to bring up a show at the moment. Um, Beast Stars. Beast Stars, yeah, yeah. Really good show. Definitely that furry. show is absolutely <laughs> going to be some people's furry awakening. Yep, yep, definitely a furry thing. Um, <laughs> fantastic show really cool again like this uh, there's a little bit of action towards the end but it's not really an action show it's like it's a high school drama basically it is legitimately a high school drama um but yeah actually Charizard Dragon puts it well Beastars is like Zootopia for adults because let's be real Zootopia fantastic movie that's really accurate Zootopia is gonna have been so many younger people's furry awakening (laughs) let's be real um, not wrong. <laughs> and Beastars is going to be their more their introduction to the more adult side of the Fairy Awakening. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's literally a story, a love story between a bunny and a wolf. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that the bunny does when she meets the wolf is try to pay him with sexual favors, <laughs> and he has no idea what's going on. Yep. Really well done show. Really interesting show. Um, but it is absolutely fairy bait. There's no other way to put it that Beastars is a fairy bait show. Again, nothing wrong with being a fairy. Not, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> um, but that is absolutely like that is what Beastars is, and there is no one that can argue any anything else because that is legitimately what it is. That is, li- yeah, exactly. Um, and in terms of high school drama, the bunny is literally attacked by the popular girls and, like, bullied because she slept with one of their boyfriends. And there's this, this whole snark, and it's, it is a high school drama. Um, it is legitimate high school drama. So, yeah. let's rephrase my original question. I said, what is a hidden gem for you that you think everyone should need to see? Yep. Poorly phrased question. Let's rephrase the question to... <laughs> What is a hidden gem, other than the one you've already mentioned, that you yep. wish more people had seen? That I wish more people had seen? 86. 
86. That is on my list. <laughs> it's airing right now. Um, yep. it's on a, it's on like a two two month break actually for before the last two episodes air. Um, but honestly, more people need to fucking watch this show. Um, and this show has the action that some people might be wanting yep. to see. Um, it is it is a mecha, but it the story isn't about it. Like mecha mecha stories, we're gonna go on a rant because like I love mechas, but mecha stories suck. Yeah. For yep. the most part, for the most part, obviously we have stuff like Gurren Lagann, uh, we have Code stuff Geass. like Kodias, um, stuff like that that like, actually has really good stories. Um, Eighty Six is another one of those mecha shows with a really, really well done story, really, really interesting characters, and uh, like a really interesting world that uh, the characters all live in. So, just to give a quick rundown of what it is, it's a situation where this country, this nation called the Republic of San Magnolia. Um, has been at war with this autonomous army of drones called the Legion uh, for dozen, I think it was like t- 10 years or something. Um, and they, frankly, um, they're they're not doing too well. Um, they have gotten to the point where they've retreated all of their citizens within a, a barrier wall around their, their remaining 85 districts of their country. Um, and they've pretty much sacrificed the rest of their country uh, to Legion-held territory, effectively. Um, and it gives very Attack on Titan vibes, because, once again, you have all these people that have, like, hidden away from these these mindless monsters um, that are just trying... They, that are just have taken over pretty much the entire world, right? Um, so it gives us very much Attack on Titan vibe. Um, and then you learn uh, that... The only way the Republic of San Magnolia has been beating back and keeping the Legion at bay is by taking all of their minorities and forcing them to fight in the war for them. Oof. So they effectively have taken all the people that are not Alba, which is the the name of their their race of mm-hmm. people, and they've taken all these people and they've shoved them outside the wall and then throw mechs at them to use the fight against the Legion. Um, so it tells the story of both uh, an Alba who is inside, who is the commander of this squad, um, and tells it both from her point of view, uh, as well as from the squad's point of view, fighting against the Legion, uh, knowing that they are going to die someday doing this. Interesting. Um, and it's very interesting. It's a very interesting story about the people, the characters, um, and what they go through and the, the kind of things they deal with, as opposed to just being about the action. The action is there. It's really good. But it's it, the story is about people. Yeah, I I like the looks of mechas. I don't like many mecha shows, and I have yep. never been able to enjoy a Gundam show because yeah, I find the Gundam stories to just be. Eh. Um, yeah. I love Zoids. I think Zoids at this point for me is nostalgia because you know I watched it as a kid. Um, I don't remember very much about the story. I probably going to go ahead and say if i watched it now the zoid story is probably going to be lacking as well but i couldn't say because it's been probably a solid 20 years since i've watched any zoids material still love yeah. them because it's nostalgic it's all you grew up with it's nostalgic it's the same reason i love dragon ball z if i watched yeah. dragon ball z today i would hate it <laughs> um but some of the mecha shows that i like it yeah the ones with a good story or the ones where the mecha could where the mecha is secondary, where it could be replaced with almost anything else. Um, yep. 
and it would still function. And one of those is... I feel like 86 is one of those shows. Um, Code Geass is like, one of those shows. Even if you shows. stripped all the mechas out. Yeah, yeah. Code Geass is absolutely one of those shows, too. If you stripped all the mechas out and instead just had people fighting an autonomous army, it would work just exactly the same. Like, let's be real. In, yeah. in Code Geass, the, the, the Nightmare Frames, they are the MacGuffin. They are the tool yeah. that you need to win the war. You could take that into any period setting and just replace it with a amazing piece of technology magic for tool. that time yeah or yeah so let's amazing say that technology you, magic magic whatever yeah so you could yeah, take that yeah. and put it into feudal japan and then the MacGuffin becomes a flintlock firearm and yep it would function effectively the same and then instead of having all these better and better nightmare frames you're just getting better and better firearms the story would function effectively the same there wouldn't be that much tweaking that you need to do um so i really enjoy uh code gas i did recently rewatch it because you know there's some more stuff for it coming out um but the thing with code gas is there's a lot more fluff in it than i remembered there's a lot more fluff than um, i remember i recently rewatched it too it's not bad <laughs> but it's there's, there's more fluff in it than I remembered, and I was like, okay, this isn't yep. uh, this is not quite as hardcore as I remembered it being. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to do a rewatch of Death Note as well. Yeah, I haven't done that. Um, <laughs> talking about a dub, um, let's move off from Hidden Gems for a moment, and okay. we'll come back yep, to yep. this. Um, yep. So there is a very solid opinion across most Western fans for Dragon Ball Z, and that is that the dub is superior to the sub. I disagree. <laughs> um, part I always of the watched dub. it dubbed. Yep, so did I. I and <laughs> here is the thing. It is a nostalgia thing. It is absolutely a nostalgia thing. Because I'm actually going to see if I can find something. And this is what points me to it. Uh, if I can find the clip. So while I try and find a clip very briefly, Giga... Uh, I want you to just introduce another hidden gem that you really like. Okay, another hidden gem. Another hidden gem. Um, okay. Um, well, okay. I, I've gone. I've talked about. I've talked about a mystery that is like an urban mystery. I've talked about a future dystopia uh, um, warscape. Um, so let's let's talk about an isekai. <laughs> let's talk about an isekai. Because everyone, you know what? Isekai infect everything. Isekai infect everything, right? Yep. This is an isekai I hardly ever see anyone talk about. Uh, Ascendance of a Bookworm. Have you seen this show, Mashu? It's on my list, but I haven't okay. seen it. Okay, so this this librarian uh, gets dies by getting crushed by books at her local library that she works at. And she wakes up in it- the small body of a small, frail child uh, in a medieval era setting. A medieval fantasy era setting. But actually, as like her her father is a guardsman like at at a guard gate right like this is not a well-off family they don't know how to read they don't know how to write then none of this right and this little girl all she wants to do this 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 woman who is reincarnated as a little girl all she wants to do is be able to read again she wants to be able to read books but books in a medieval setting are super super expensive so then she resigns okay well she she finds somebody who'll teach her how to write um and she decides she's going to make her own books 
So it is this isekai that is once again not an action isekai that is all about this this girl, this small young child trying to create books for everyone within a medieval type of world, medieval style world. It is very cute. It's very adorable. And it's actually really, really well written. It's it is definitely a slow burn, but like the world building in that world is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and it is the isekai that I hear almost nobody ever talk about. <laughs> I have you... heard of that one. It does definitely yeah. sound interesting. I'm just trying yeah. to find a video. No, no, no. That's fair. That's fair. So that that uh, that is if you're looking for that isekai burn. That's that's a hidden gem isekai that I bet you you've never seen, and you should definitely check this. Take a look at. Um, I have a couple. I have a couple more hidden gems if you want me to keep going, <laughs> or if you're close to finding the clip. Two, <laughs> two seconds. We'll give Mash a moment here. I think he's found the clip. I think this might be it. I might be wrong, but. Basically, there was a clip that I saw recently from an old, of the Trunks versus Freezer scene in, in Dragon Ball Z. And I just cringed at the dub for Trunks. It was fucking <laughs> awful. Um, I it, it is fixed in Kai. In the Kai scene, it is fixed. But a lot of the early dub for Dragon Ball Z was very, very shoddy. Um, they fix it in Kai, and they fix it in, you know, the later movies, but I want to see if this is the right one. It, I'm not going to show the video. So this is Freezer. It's not good. That was all rather anticlimactic. King Cold's okay. You better give up now. There. Yeah. I hope that's not the best you can do. Because if it is, you better give up now. I'm sorry, but that is not a good dub voice. If that's the best you can do, you need to give up now. It's just not well done. I'm getting it. That was, uh... I went and I went and opened up the stream and I had to unmute it, but that oh, was yeah. brutal. <laughs> and you know, in Kai, and Kai it is fixed. I'm sorry. So in Kai, it's okay. We've it's been fixed in Kai. And that's all right. But it's just. I'm sorry. Parts of the Dragon Ball dub are terrible and. Most of the Western fans' aversion to the sub is simply nostalgia. Because once you get used to the sub, the sub is actually well done. And the biggest difference is Goku's voice, because Goku's voice is done by an old lady in the sub. But then a lot of the male characters in sub are actually done by females in Japan. Yeah, so, females just naturally have a larger range of, uh, of uh, voices, right? But even, like, Goku's sub-voice, it's difficult to get used to at first, because, you know, we're so used to Sean Chamel and his iconic Goku voice, and Sean Chamel does a fantastic voice for Goku. I'm not gonna- I'm not gonna sit here and trash Chamel's voice. And Greg Ayers as Frieza was fucking phenomenal. Um, but some of the early Dragon Ball Z dub, it was just not very good. 
and this is i think this sort of stuff is what has fueled this anti-dub sentiment is that a lot of early dubs were not well done there are some really really well done dubs in the past and one i'm going to immediately say is cowboy bebop cowboy oh bebop God, cowboy bebop such a good dub cowboy bebop <sighs> dub is so well done Bacano's that's dub, a show people have to watch as a dub that's that's a yep. show people have to watch as a dub do not um, watch cowboy bebop subbed <laughs> so i I'll, I'll pull up a a brief thing of cowboy bebop just to sort of show now the cowboy bebop is, is a 90s thing yeah uh let's do spike spiegel's probably a good one. Oh yeah yeah spike uh, is perfect eagle dub where are you going? Why are you going? You told me once so that's fake. to forget the past because it doesn't. One of them is a fake because I lost it in an accident. Since then, I've been seeing the past in one eye and the present in the other. That is a smooth voice. Now, the audio could probably use some touching up now because you know it is. It's done on older equipment. And you'll get that in like a, if you watch a, a freaking old dirty Harry film, there's going to be some audio quality issues just because of uh, what you're watching it on. But but his voice is his so voice is sexy. it's yeah. <laughs> I I'm 100% straight, but Spike Spiegel's fucking voice that is that is just smooth as yeah. butter. Oh um, yeah. But modern dub, especially in like the last ten years, has just gotten good like modern dubs are really good for the most part overlord like, actually, like and i think one of the big things is the late 90s to early 2000s you had maybe 10 big name voice actors doing every voice mm -hmm. um towards the tail of that is when matt mercer comes in uh i am never going to shit on mercer because mercer is mercer is my man crush mercer has <laughs> mercer has such a fucking huge range on vocals um, watch Critical Role and watch him doing like 10 different voices every session for different NPCs his Victor voice from season 1 Mercer has a range but if we look at and this voice actor is good don't get me wrong I do love this voice I actor love but this particular voice actor that I'm about to say he has one voice Johnny Young Bosch Bosch has one voice because Isaiah and Ichigo sound the same, and it's the same voice actor. <laughs> I was trying to figure out who you were talking about. I didn't recognize the voice actor name as soon as you said that. I'm like, oh yeah, yep. I understood entirely what you're talking Johnny, about. Don't get me wrong. I love Johnny Young Bush. Awesome voice actor. Um, absolutely awesome voice actor. But he does lack range. Um, because you can always pick out a Johnny voice. Now, if we compare Bosch I mean, to uh, them... For me, for me, that voice actor always has the same voice as Greg Ayers. I love Greg Ayers, but he always has the same voice. Greg Ayers did, but um, he was <laughs> never... He was also... Greg Ayers was never one of the huge name voice actors either. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, but... One of my favorite dub voice actors, and he's, he's probably in the later... He's probably started sort of like 2008 onwards... Crispin Freeman. So this is your Shizuo Heiwajima. This is your um, this is your Alucard. Now, most shows they're probably going to be better sub, but 
a show for me that you just have to watch the dub is Helsing Ultimate. And Crispin Freeman as Alucard, that... That is just six, I'm sorry. Alucard's English voice is legitimately just six. Um, and I will not accept any, any contrary opinion on that, because his English voice is superior. Nothing against the Japanese voice actor, because the Japanese voice actor does do a good job. But I literally used to have my wake-up alarm as the English voice for Alucard's maniacal laughter. That is what I used to wake up to. Because the way he does that laugh is just great. Um, the Another another show that you have to watch dubbed beyond uh, Housing Ultimate and Cowboy Bebop is Black Butler, Kuroshitsuji. And for, Halu, for, um, for Alucard, for Helsing, I mean, and for Black Butler... Beyond the voices just being phenomenally well done, Sebastian Michaelis' voice is just phenomenal. And the fact that he shares a voice actor with another one of my favourite characters, you would never pick it. Um, but with these two shows being set in England, with English characters, you kind of need... You need that... You need to do it in English. But ironically, to flip the script on there... Another show that I will say you have to watch dubbed is set in Japan with Japanese characters. And that is Steinsgate. Oh, okay. That is absolutely <laughs> Steinsgate. The dub for Steinsgate is superior to the sub. And the sub's not bad. Anyone who has been watching Waifu Wednesday, you've heard the sub voices. That is what you're hearing in the visual novel, is the sub voices. And they're fine. They're not terrible. They're not terrible by any stretch. But... The dubbed voices are better. And the voice actor that is shared is that Okabe Rintaro is Sebastian Michaelis. Uh, so I'm going to play an audio clip from both of them. Uh, so this is the first one is going to be Sebastian Michaelis. Sebastian Michaelis dub. Let's listen to the dub voice of uh, Sebastian. Oh, so soft. Oh, so soft. <laughs> Listen when I'm talking to so, you! Oh, that's obviously, um... I apologize, sir, but she's so beautiful. Everyone, please wait outside. No matter what happens, do not attempt to listen to this. So that is the dubbed voice for Michaelis. It is so smooth. Uh, that same voice actor... ...does Rintaro Okabe from Steinsgate. Do this. Which is to say, it comes from you. To guess its significance? There's none. Bingo. There's none. <laughs> and to further please our whimsy, Operation Skull will be the name we assign to this mission. Forge of yesterday whatever you must to save the future, without detectably altering the past as you understood it. Okabe Rintorosi's Makise. So, that is the dub for Okabe Rintoro. That is the same voice actor. I love it. He is just such an amazing... And that is J. Michael Tatum. Tatum is a phenomenal actor. So, you know, in the early... In the late 90s, early 2000s, you had maybe about 10 actors doing... doing the same voices. And I think this is what led to... a huge issue... And quality is that there was just 
there just wasn't a lot. Um, from the late 2000s to the mid-2010s, you're starting to see a little bit more varieties. This is when your Tatums start getting more roles. This is when your um, Christopher R. Sabbath, who is, who is uh, Vegeta, who is Zorro, who is Piccolo, you know, these, and your Matt Mercer start coming in and doing more. But now we're in the point where in the last five to six years, you're seeing an explosion of new dub actors. Like, actors that I can say that I like, but I couldn't necessarily name them. For example, the voice for Einzel Gone. That is... That guy's Einzel voice... Gone. Like, I will put that out in other shows, but his... <laughs> his voice is so well done, but he's not a big-name voice actor. Like, he's not had a lot of... Like, it's one of his first things. Um, voice actors and Goblin Slayer, there are some more unknown ones in there. It's funny you bring up Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer is good. The dub for Goblin Slayer. I enjoy the dub. I haven't seen the sub, but I, I enjoy the dub for Goblin Slayer. I, um, I could not stand the voices of the dwarf or the lizard. Okay, fair enough. I, I, I enjoyed I liked them. But, I mean, we all have different opinions. Um, yeah. I'm just checking yeah. if I, uh, someone's made a guess. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw the guess. Um, uh, and the guess yeah. is incorrect. There is something wrong in that guess. There is at least something wrong in that guess. There so is that at is least a... something wrong. <laughs> I will um, not say how many are wrong. It could be that ten are wrong. It could be that five are wrong. I'm not going to say. Yeah. It could but, be that there's one is wrong. But there is there is a mistake in <laughs> I'm that. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you now. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of shows that have absolutely phenomenal dubs... Um, uh, I, I feel I feel like I, it's necessary for me to bring up ghost stories. Okay, I haven't seen the dub, but I've seen clips of the dub, and I would not say, from what I've seen of the dub, I would not say that it's awful because what it is, it is it is the original abridged show. It is them saying, "You guys can do whatever the fuck you want with this show," and so they just they go nuts with it. They're like, "Let yeah. us just make the most based." fucked up stupid thing also, and like it's literally it got is, like the female character being like fuck off you little nerd or something like that it is so <laughs> not pc for 2022 yeah. it is definitely a product of the early 2000s it late 90s kind of humor um but it is literally just to give the backstory to this it is a show that bombed so poorly in japan that when the english uh adaptation was being done uh, the studio, which is ADV Films at the time, which is a company that doesn't even exist anymore, um, was given permission just to do whatever they wanted as long as they didn't change character names, they didn't change the way they banished the ghosts, and they didn't change the ghost names. That was the only thing. So they literally just tore the entire show apart and created literally the original Bridge series, except it is the official dub. <laughs> it is the official dub of the show. Uh, you can watch it on Funimation. Oh, actually... <laughs> I don't know if I'll get cancelled for this, because I think a lot of people here are going to agree with me. Yeah. In terms of dub, I am going to say that the Dragon Ball Z abridged dub is superior to the original Dragon Ball dubbed. Oh, no, I agree with that. <laughs> You're not alone to that. Um, I, I, will excuse, I will excuse from that maybe 
halfway up, halfway uh, into halfway into the freezer arc, that when they're still sort of getting their dubbing legs under them. Um, mm-hmm. Early Kami sucks. I'm sorry, the early Kami dub and the abridged sucks. Um, early Yamcha sucks. Uh, it takes Goku a bit to get into his voice. Takes takes Sunny Straight a couple episodes to to be the proper Krillin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leader but, Krillin, good. Early Krillin, awful. <laughs> but once once the abridged guys get into it, and like they've got their voices down pat, they are phenomenal. And the fact that they are now all legitimate voice actors that get their roles. I mean, f- I think four members of the Dragon Ball Z abridged crew have given voices to Rooster Teeth production stuff uh, and Ruby and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing it like it was a minor scene but I remember watching I think it was volume 5 of Ruby and they they walk into a bar and there's the bartender and I'm like that's Vegeta or that's that's, no that's Piccolo wait no that's not Piccolo oh fuck that's a bridged Piccolo I know your fucking voice Mm mhm and I was placing it, but now they're showing up in actual anime dubs as well. Um, and oh, on that line, phenomenal. the fact that Nate wants to battle got to do the English version of Limit Break X Survivor for the dub. That's fucking awesome. Um, I do slightly prefer the Japanese version, but Nate's version is also a fucking banger. That song is so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and another yeah, thing speak- in sort of music was. Caleb Hiles doing Yuri on Ice. Now, in terms of hidden gems, this one, I don't, I don't think this one's going to be so much a hidden gem for some people, but it will be for others. Watch Yuri on Ice. Like, it's very much one of those shows that is targeted towards a female audience. And so when I, when my friend was trying to get me to watch it, I very much thought it was going to be that show that was like, I can see why people like it, but I don't think this will be for me. I watched it. It's fucking well done. Yuri Nice is a really, really well done show. And I do highly recommend it. It is very beautifully animated. And it's probably the first time that I've ever shown any interest in ice skating. So if, a, if an anime can make me show interest in a sport I've never shown interest to, it's got to have do something right. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, uh, a bridge series, um, I, I see a comment from Ronnie here. Uh, talking about uh, Sword Art Online Abridged. Uh, if you like Abridged series, definitely check out Sword Art Online Abridged. It is freaking hilarious. I absolutely love it. It's probably my favorite Abridged series. Now, in terms of dubs, there's a company that no longer exists, thanks, f- thank fuck, that I want to talk about. Okay. Let's, ha- let's have a brief conversation on 4Kids Entertainment. <laughs> because... Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yep, we can talk because about they are equal parts completely fucking dog shit and surprisingly good but the surprisingly good I'm wondering how much of that is nostalgia because let's be real we all know Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon Pokemon the dubs and what most of us would consider those to be reasonable sounding dubs but how much of that uh, until nostalgia? Until they talk about rice balls as jelly donuts. Yep. Yes. Then you've got the rice balls as jelly donuts, and the re- <laughs> their reasoning for that is fucking stupid. Their reasoning for that was we wanted to make it more accessible for Western audiences because you know they might not know what a rice ball is. It's a ball of 
fucking rice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most kids know what rice is. The Yu-Gi-Oh dub. Mm. I rewatched it recently. I mean, it's it's okay. It's not fantastic, but it's all we had. I would love for them to go back and do like a Funimation dub of Yu-Gi-Oh and bring it back like the grittier side that Yu-Gi-Oh is supposed to be. And there's another dub that I only ever watched, and now, now there's a reboot of the show, which is the Shaman King, and Shaman King, four kids did the English dub for it. Now I watched that when I was quite young, and I loved Shaman King. I still get the song stuck in my head, the original opening, um, and now I'm watching the 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 reboot of it, and I'm enjoying the reboot. So I wonder how much of my enjoyment of the four kids dub of Shaman King is nostalgia. But now let's talk about some shitty dubs of theirs. One Piece. Now, I used to despise One Piece. On the same level that I despise Naruto. And then I realized when I had a friend who made me... They made me watch the Funimation dub of One Piece. And then I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Here are some things that 4Kids does to One Piece. The first thing is, is they change what's on Nami's shirt, and they modify her tattoo. They don't get rid of her tattoo, they just modify it. It was a pinwheel. What is bad about a pinwheel? Then, there is Sanji, you know, womanizing Sanji, um, who is a chain smoker. They replace his smoking with a lollipop. Um, alright weird but the big kicker for me beyond the well, two big kickers the next big kicker for me is there is a particular fight that is the most egregious change of animation in a dub that I've ever seen and this is the fight of Luffy versus Don Krieg now, if anyone who has not seen One Piece or has been so long since you've seen the early One Piece that you don't remember who Don Krieg is, he was the guy that uh, laid siege to the Baratier restaurant and would use, like, the only, like, pointed bullets that have ever been seen in the show. He had machine guns, and he wore a cape of fucking spikes to make sure people wouldn't hit him. Luffy comes in, punches him in the face through the spikes on his cape, so, if you're going to punch into some steel spikes, what's going to happen to your hand, Giga? Um, it sounds like it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And I think, I think there would be some pain, some puncture wounds, I don't know, something like that. And a shit ton of blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they removed the blood. <laughs> did they actually? They actually did. <laughs> they removed the fucking blood from Luffy punching Don Krieg in the face. Through spikes. <laughs> They didn't remove the spikes, but they removed the blood. It sounds like they just had a make-work project. They're like, we have so much time on our hands, we need to edit this show as much as possible. And the thing with 4Kids is that they were trying to do... They were, they try to make it friendly for kids. I mean, it's right in their name, 4Kids. But... They... These shows were not made friendly for kids in the first place. But I do then want to point out uh, a particular episode of Pokemon that did get banned. Oh uh, yeah, yes, the Tauros episode. 
Uh, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Uh, we've got, oh yeah, uh, Eva Lupa saying, "Oh, you talking about the wine with orange Are you juice? talking about the gender gender uh, swapped James episode? Yes. Oh, okay, okay, yep, yep. So there was two episodes that were banned from the original Pokemon series, by the way. Uh, there's more than that because the Porygon ones were banned as well. Yeah, the Porygon but, one is the Taurus one. You are right, Eva yeah, Lupa. has said. Um, Oh, you forgot how they changed wine with orange juice and the marine <laughs> rifles with nerf guns and water guns. Yeah. yeah. That's more stuff. And then that god-awful fucking opening for four kids. But here is their, here is four kids' biggest sin. And it's not a sin that only four kids happens. There is a bad habit of English dubbing groups or even translating groups of replacing R with L. <laughs> it is not Roranoa so Zolo. It is Roranoa Zoro. It is not Zolo. L does not exist in <laughs> Japanese. No L sound. <laughs> it is not Urushibara Luka. It is Urushibara Ruka. It is a rolling oh. R, not an L. Stop translating Japanese R to L. It is not L. It is R. L does not exist in Japanese. <laughs> it is not aligato, it is arigato. It is a rolling R. Stop it. Get this some help. There's a lot of L's. But that line in the song, his name is Zolo. Fuck you. His name is not Zolo, it is Zoro. And I will die on this hill. It is Zoro. I don't care. Not gatekeeping here. <laughs> I don't care if you want to say that it was because of the masked man Zorro and that it might be confusing. I don't care. His name is Zorro. Stop calling him Zolo. This goes to the manga translators as well. Because it is not Zolo. It is Zorro. This is not gatekeeping. This is accuracy. I need you. <laughs> that is a little different, Charizard, because... <laughs> So Charizard has said, so L and Death Note. That is different. And here's why that is different. In Japanese, he is pronounced as Eru. And that is how they pronounce the, the L, the English L. They cannot say... They cannot actually L. pronounce... There's no L sound. Yeah, they cannot... Japanese cannot naturally pronounce L. It is one of the hardest sounds. And I can confirm this because I taught English in Japan for three and a half years. And trying to teach the L sound was fucking hard. Trying to teach them the difference between R and L was really hard. But the L comes from uh, from him being trained under Watari. And Watari's home was set up in England and Watari had a lot of English inspiration to him. So the L is L in Japan. But in Japan they would just pronounce it as Aru. I can't do the Japanese pronunciation myself. Um, but L is L but you cannot translate a Japanese R into an English L that's not how it works it is legitimately just R whereas my name in Japanese if you translate my name into Japanese you get what my Twitch name is Mashiyu and that is where the demon rabbit comes from because Ma becomes demon, she becomes death, and you uses the kanji for Usagi, and Usagi is rabbit. Hence, I am the demon death rabbit. Ma, she, you. The reason I have two yous in my name is that apparently there already existed a Mashiyu 
on Twitch <laughs> that had like two followers. So I put an extra U in. I, I lent the U. It's funny you, you say that because, like, I had the same thing, right? Like, uh, GigaWolf was already taken. There is no account with name GigaWolf right now, but of course, Twitch doesn't release the names back into the wild right away. Yeah. So I was GigaWolf New Type, which is uh, also an anime reference uh, to Gundam, uh, where in Gundam the the next evolution of mankind is called a New Type. So that's that's where I also have a a uh, Eastern inspired name uh, somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Four Kids has a lot to answer for. A very lot, a lot of <laughs> they things have some to answer. Crimes for. against anime, but at the same time, stuff like stuff like um, Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon got a lot of people in anime. It so did. It's it like, did. At the same time, you kind of do have to give them credit for. I do, and I, I will, I will give credit to Yu-Gi-Oh. I will give credit to Pokemon, and I will give credit to Shaman King. Yeah. I will not give credit for One to Piece. Four Kids. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for One Piece. Oh, yeah. I will not give credit for Four Kids One Piece. We're not. We're not doing that here. Yikes. We're not doing that. Yikes. Uh, the other three, I'll give credit for. Um, yeah. I also, I still got to wonder, like, how much of it is nostalgia? How much of those voices of us accepting is is the nostalgia factor? Because I swear that the only reason, and I've already said this tonight, but the only reason that the Western audience prefers the Dragon Ball Z dub to the sub. Is a nostalgia factor. I, I Can I bring you. up one of those animes that I know is a bad dub, but I enjoy watching the dub yep. because of the nostalgia factor? Uh, one of those shows, so this is another show I watched while I was in high school, uh, was Full Metal Panic. Uh, and I've seen the you've first ever season. Seen show, you've seen the first show? Okay, first season, yeah. So if you've seen the first season, the, the actual main cast, the, the voice acting is actually pretty decent as far as um, dubs, especially in the early 2000s went. Um, but when, as soon as you get beyond the main cast and you get into the side characters, oh my god, my, it makes my ears want to bleed, but I still watch it dub because of the nostalgia. Yeah. So <laughs> like, that... you go. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I, that's really all I just want to okay. talk about. I just, I, it's one of those shows where it's like, I still watch it dub just because I fucking love the main characters. Like, yeah. but yeah, there are certain side characters, like some dubs are both good and bad. In a mm -hmm. way, right? Um, there are good elements, and there are absolutely awful. Uh, one piece dub. My ears want to bleed. The one piece <laughs> dub is an example of that. There are some phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal voices in the one piece dub, and there are some god awful voices in the one piece dub. And I can't watch the one piece dub anymore. I started one piece dubbed, and I got up to Water Seven, uh, and it was at the start of Water Seven, and the dub ended, and I got tired of waiting for the next batch of dubbed episodes so I switched over to subbed took a few episodes to get used to the sub voices and then like a year later I was like I want to go back and like just check out the sub again it's just like uh, no some of these voices no Zoro's voice is good Zoro does a good voice um but there are some voices that I'm just like mm -mm 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 -mm. and no. it's it's funny like it's funny yeah we talk about this right like in a lot of um modern shows what i'll do is I'll, I'll i'll watch the show i'll try it out in dub if it has a dub at the time um when i go to watch it now i'm watching a lot of shows um like right after they air so mm -hmm. i'm watching a lot of shows before dubs come out but when i do watch a show that is from like a year ago or whatever i'll try out the dub first but it, all it takes is one bad voice for me to drop the dub and go pick it up on sub yeah um 
I'll be honest. Like it, it only takes one bad voice actor, or I don't want to say that. Sorry, bad voice actor is not the right term because I'm not meaning to bash anyone's work. Yeah, all it all it takes is for one person's voice to not fit the character they're portraying. Mm-hmm. That's that's when it draws me out. So like um, another good one that I watched recently. This this anime came out in 2019, which was uh, Kanada no Astra or Astra Lost in Space. Um, which is another kind of mystery adventure show where a bunch of kids get stranded on a planet far from home and they have to, on their own, make their way back to their home planet, uh, traveling through uncharted star systems uh, through thousands of light years. Um, And they have to make constant trips, refill their food stocks, find out what is edible and all that sort of stuff. And it's it's a great show. I absolutely love the show. But I I tried the dub. I tried the dub. And the... the... (sighs) I don't understand what it is with dubs sometimes, where they feel like there needs to be a one character within the show that just has a complete Texan accent, when no characters, based off of who the characters are, should be to have just a really thick, strong Texan accent. You know what I'm talking about, because this happens in a lot of shows. <laughs> now, I can explain a part of this, actually. Um, so... oh, a lot of the voice acting is done in Texas. So it's not even necessarily that. It's more okay, not necessarily text and accent, but you'll notice yeah, yeah. that in some animes you'll have the transfer student who's come from the country and they have a real hillbilly voice. Mm-hmm. There is a reason for that. That is Tokyo people making fun of Osaka people. That makes sense, but in the context of this character, this character's dad was like a senator. Like, yeah, um, he's not. He's not a hillbilly from some hick town. He's not from out of town. He's not a foreigner. So there are there are two main dialects in Japanese. There's the Kansai yeah. dialect, which is your Osaka region, mm-hmm. and there's the Kanto dialect, which is what we know as traditional Japanese. Yeah. Um, you'll often hear that have hear Kanto people say, oh, "I can't fucking understand Osaka people." Um. And a lot of Kanto people look down on Osaka, and Osaka really doesn't like Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And most of anime is produced in Tokyo. It's produced most in Tokyo, animation yeah. studios are in Tokyo. Bar some, like Key Visual Arts, is, um, that is in Kyoto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and KyoAni is Kyoto. KyoAni is, of course, in Kyoto, yeah. Um, yeah. But most are located in the greater Tokyo metropolitan region. And so the sort of rural Osaka voice is something that they will, like, you'll see characters in the sub, if you watch things the subbed or the raw, and, like, they'll be really embarrassed of their voice because they, um, they sound regional. And the way that dubbing companies do this, to portray this, is they will put on a hick, or a hillbilly voice, for that character. And a lot of that comes from the southern states in Texas, like the Yal. Y'all mm-hmm. guys want to see me tip a cow? Well, I, yep. I can't. I can't do voices. I can't do voices, and I don't yep. really know how I to impersonate. I understand. I understand what you're trying to. What you're trying to do. You're trying to. But do the when southern you Texas hear that, accent. don't worry. When I you hear that in dub, um, yeah. When you hear that in dub, that is what they're doing. They are, but effectively, it is them both making fun of people in America because mm-hmm. they can and it is also them um also honoring the 
spirit of the sub because that is the also the sub the making, tradition of that of, is the sub uh, making fun of our being prejudiced against people who talk in a different way. Yay! Um, <laughs> but there is very much this huge rivalry between Osaka and Tokyo. Um, Osaka is very much considered to be like the more friendly and laid back uh, part of Japan. Um, mm -hmm. To the point. Um, I'm trying to think how much of this I can go into without breaching terms of service. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Don't don't feel you need to go too far into it. I won't. I will try and do this in the most PC or PG-13 way I can. But um, prostitution is illegal in Japan to a certain extent. Um, everything before intercourse is legal. Everything from then on is illegal. You cannot pay for it in Japan. There are always uh, loopholes. And the loophole tends to be that if you buy food and drink, then anything beyond that is just you making a... Uh, you're not paying for the lady, you're, you're paying, paying for, for the food sex. and the drink, and yeah. anything you do as friends from there once you've had that meeting, that's on your guy's personal time. Mm -hmm. And that is how they get around it. There is a district in Osaka. I forget the name. But it's uh, managed by a restaurant association. And it is it is effectively the red light district of Osaka. And it blatantly it blatantly uh, disregards the rules and skirts them. But the interesting part of that isn't that it skirts them. The interesting part is that the governor of Osaka was the head of this restaurant association for a good number of years. And that sort of, that in its own way is uh, Osaka telling Tokyo to go fuck itself. That is their, that is what, that is like the consensus is that Osaka will do everything it can to not listen to what Tokyo tells it to do. Because the seat of the, of the government is in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. um, and Osaka does not like listening to Tokyo. <laughs> so they will often um, find ways, very subtle ways of telling Tokyo to go fuck themselves. In the politest way possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's actually a thing, and you'll see this in anime as well. Um, you'll see in anime, a, a boy will ask a girl over to her house, and she'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm busy. Maybe another time. That means no. Mm -hmm. In Japan, if a girl says, I'm sorry, I'm busy that day, maybe another time, and, the, and not even actually a girl, if anyone says that, and they do not suggest another time, that is a no. That is them saying, I never want to go to your house, but I want to be polite about saying that. Because in Japan, you do not say no. Um, for example, one of these is very important too. Right? One of like, the uh, you go, yeah, no, no, yeah. I was just gonna, I was just gonna build on that, which is like um, your the way you appear to others is very important in Japan. It is. Um, it's it's yeah, culturally, like how you come off across to other people is very, very, very important. And two words that you'll quite often hear in in business in Japan is muzukashi and mendoksai. And these are two ways of saying it's. It would be very difficult. So if a 
if a company ever says you go oh muzukashi that is them saying i can't i cannot do this i will not do this please do not ask me to do this because i i do not want to say no but i cannot do this this is this is against the rules so you might go and like something's broken and you might need a refund and they're like ah oh, Mm, no, eto, uh, go man. And they'll do it in the most polite way, but that's them saying, I yeah. cannot do this, please fuck off and don't come back. Yeah. That is effectively what they're saying. If they say, oh, Muzukashi, go man, asai, Muzukashi, my Japanese is not good enough to elaborate beyond there, but. If you're hearing Muzukashi when you're asking for something, that is him saying, we cannot do this. Do not ask. Go away, please. <laughs> please go away so I do not have to say no. Um, yeah, that is a, a thing in Japan. So that is the, your daily Japanese lesson. Yeah, daily Japanese lesson on Mashu. I was going to say, how did we even get to this point? I've completely forgotten how we so got on this tangent. <laughs> we were on, it, it spawned from four kids somehow. Yeah, it spawned from four kids somehow. Ah, uh, no, that's how. Uh, bad, bad dubs, dubs. Texans, that's yep. how. Yep, yep, yep. yep. We found gotcha. the train. Gotcha, yep. <laughs> Back onto a, a hidden a hidden gem. I've got a few. Okay. One of them is 91 yep. Days. No okay. one talks about 91 Days. I'm, 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 I'm listening, because I've seen this show, and I have opinions on this show, but I want you to go first. I adored 91 Days. The sort of, um... I mean, I love Mafia stuff. Mafia stuff is just cool. Um, and I loved the sort of vengeance arc. I loved the dub for it, and I loved the setting of the uh, of the American Prohibition era. And I thought it was a very, very well done show. I loved Ninety One Days, but I'm guessing you did not enjoy it. <laughs> Looking at your um, face, Ninety One Days. Um, I remember when I watched that show. I watched that show. It was a, it was a recommendation from a coworker um, who was also uh, like a big weeb. And uh, and I asked him. I asked him like, okay, what kind of what kind of uh, what kind of dramas uh, can you give me? And uh, and he first thing he said was ninety one days. So I'm like, okay, I'll go home tonight and I'll watch ninety one days. I literally went home that night and I think I watched like three episodes. And I actually finished the whole series, which is so rare for me when I'm watching a show and I'm not really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. But I I'm like, this is a recommendation from a coworker. He's a big weeb. I'll I'll I'll, I'll believe it. Uh, I got 69 days to stop. Yeah, <laughs> I see a comment. This is yeah. I got 69 days to stop. Um, no, I did finish 91 days. It, to me, it was the most five out of ten show I've ever seen. Okay, um, it was. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't good in my opinion. Um, I felt like it was. They built up too much of the story on this the the revenge aspect. I won't go into it too much if somebody does want to watch it. Uh, yeah, with, uh, I, I can understand but, like, that. They, they really went hard on the revenge plotline, and I I just personally didn't jive with that. Fair. Another hidden yeah. gem, and uh, now I, I will preface this by saying that the show is not finished, and I, it's probably never going to get its third season, which is disappointing. But there's a show called Horizon in the Middle of Nowhere that is a really interesting show. It's not a 10 out of 10 show. I would say it's probably a 7.5 out of 10 show, but it's got a really interesting premise where like there's effectively two worlds. Um, there's like the original world and there's the world that the show is set in, which is like a mirror image of it. But the world is broken and there's like no land left. And this is because of some kind of war between the f 
these two worlds as though it's been probably like eight years since um since I've seen it so I'm forgetting parts but um like most of the most nations their 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 nations are like ships now like airships and Japan is not a sovereign nation anymore they lost most of their sovereignty and there's a lot of like literature references in it um and it's just this really interesting concept between this class basically trying to like regain Japan and they declare sovereignty again it's really weird like they all have like abilities but like the the main character doesn't and that like him not having it make like his whole class loves him he's the student body president yeah Blizzard said it it's Kyokai Senjo no Horizon or Horizon in the middle of nowhere but it's a really interesting premise of a show and I need to go back and rewatch it but um it is a very cool show now at the very beginning I mentioned how pirating shows really fucks over the animation industry and here's an example of that again this is not a 10 out of 10 show but it is a hidden gem it's nothing fantastic but there is a show called um, Aria the Scarlet Ammo Hidan no Aria it's a story about like there's the main character who is the son of some famous assassins and he just does not want to be one and his normal personality is he is useless he goes to a special school training assassins so as part of his school uniform he has a switchblade and a handgun <laughs> that he has to take and he just he wants to drop out as soon as he can he's like he's pulled out of like the intense training part of it and just doing the normal school stuff and he does not want to be an assassin but he has a second side of his personality and it's whenever he is whenever he is aroused his actual real abilities sort of awaken and he becomes more suave more confident and really really fucking good at that kind of stuff now this school for like assassins like they the the license they get from doing this they get hired when they graduate they can be hired out as protection agents as um government assassins like that's all legitimized it's not like some black market hidden thing it's all legitimized under the world um and he belongs to like a family of very very famous and then it's got that it's got the typical sort of harem thing where he's got the childhood friend who's a shrine maiden who's on a different sect in that school um she's under the training of those with special abilities and she is probably one of the most extreme yandere characters you'll ever meet she is really really sweet and adorable to her friend but when she thinks someone is trying to get their claws into him she pulls out fucking axes and tries to murder them <laughs> and then you've also got like your stereotypical sundere which is an aria an aria is a descendant of sherlock holmes her full name is aria h kanzaki the h is for holmes she is a descendant of um sherlock holmes it's not the best story in the world but it's fun you got a bit of like the a little bit of the itchy not hardcore itchy but a little bit of the itchy you've got some good action scenes some fun dialogue and it gets 
to the end of season one where it's setting up for this huge thing and season two never happened and then they it really annoyed me because they did a spin-off and I was like, oh, they're getting more Arya. It's a spin-off, and now I've lost interest in watching the spin-off because I wanted season two. Just give me my season two. That's brutal. That's um, brutal. There's also, like, the foil to Arya is another girl in the school who is a descendant of Lupin. Lupin the Third, uh, the thief that was, like, one of Holmes's biggest... The French thief that was a huge adversary to, uh... To him. But it's a very, very interesting show. And it's one of those sort of hidden gems. Is it the best show in the world and is it going to knock your socks off? No. It's a 7 out of 10, maybe a 6.5 out of 10. But it's a fun little show. Speaking of uh, uh, hidden gems that are like maybe like a 7.5 out of 10, um, Recreators. Um, I've heard of you it. Say Recreators. I yeah, haven't seen yeah. it, but so, I've heard of it. I'll give I'll give the quick synopsis of the con of what what it is. So it's like, have you ever watched Fate? And you were like, this is really interesting. I I wish more shows did a concept like Fate, mm-hmm. where a bunch of characters that don't exist within our world come into our world and fight each other. Recreators is that, except instead of the characters being historical characters, uh, they're all fictional characters from different mediums. So okay. you end up with characters from anime, fighting characters from manga, fighting characters from video games, fighting characters from books, um, all sorts of different things. Um, and it's really, it's really interesting because they're characters from like all sorts of different genres. So you end up with like a magical girl fighting a dark fantasy character, fighting a mecha, fighting uh, <laughs> like, yeah, okay. fighting like a mage, oh. um, and it's 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 really fucking cool what they do. It is the story is very very kind of kind of mid, but uh, the show has a really interesting concept, and it is like once again, it is a very seven point five out of ten show just because the story is mid. The main character is You're just, just uh, but it reminded me of a show. The and... concept is so fucking cool that it's just <sighs> worth a watch. <laughs> This show, I don't remember its title. Someone, I hope someone can, rem- if I talk about it. So there's a show, it's like, um, there's the human world and like the demon world, the underworld. Uh, the main character is part of that and he's like, is he a vampire or is he the son of the demon or something? And he's sort of just like, he's like, I, I don't want any part of this. No, not Blue Exorcist Blizz. Blue I was Exorcist- like, I was like, this description so far is narrowed down to probably about 35, 40 shows. Yeah, um, <laughs> but his like his his childhood best friend is a werewolf. But there's the scene towards the end, and he starts doing the Kamehameha. And like he's just he's just trying to do it, and I, I think it fails. He's like, oh. He's like, I'm gonna bust out my super move. Kamehameha. <laughs> May ha! Oh. This sounds beat up. <laughs> it didn't work. Bloodlad, yes, thank you, Blizz. Bloodlad needed a second season. Bloodlad was <laughs> fucking awesome. Bloodlad is a hidden gem, but he does oh try God. to do the Kamehameha, and that's it was so funny. Fucking amazing! I can't believe that's real. <laughs> I, I want to see if I can find the vid. I might even like show it. I'm gonna risk a DMCA real. on this. Um, oh my God. Okay. While Mash looks that up, I have, I have, I have, I brought one more show with me that I think more people need to watch. It, it isn't necessarily hidden. This was kind of popular when it came out. 
uh, and it is a complete show. Uh, Vivi Floyd Eyes Song. Uh, it's it's a show about uh, the world's first AI having to um, is contacted by an AI from a hundred years in the future, uh, and is convinced that a hundred years in the future the AI uprising will happen and kill all humans on the planet. And so this first AI that is literally just a a, a doll that sings effectively um, has to prevent the AI apocalypse a hundred years in the future by like removing uh, removing uh, like key events from history that happened that caused the AI apocalypse. It's really fucking cool, and it's written by the guy who wrote ReZero. So if okay. you like if you like ReZero, you like time travel fiction. Uh, this show is right up there. It's it's like Terminator anime style. All right, I have found the clip, um, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna chuck it up. It's a 28 second yep. clip. I should be fine let's to show see. this. Let's see it. Um, and I'm just gonna display capture it, and it's just gonna cover the audience. So you're not gonna see uh, Giga and I for a few seconds. Um, Ha, ha, welcome to the uh, the infinite window. So what's happening there is why the girl is just like, no, no, don't do that. Is she's from the human world, um, and she's the one that introduced him to like anime and stuff. Um, I love that. Yeah, he does just stand there, and he's just standing there, and the guy just walks up and kicks him. Because the reality is, in, the, in Dragon Ball Z, no one should be able to charge up those moves. And like, it yeah, is, somebody actually, would interrupt it. Somebody you do would see it happening. You do ha- see it happening in Goku versus Frieza that he's trying to do. Um, he's trying to do the spirit bomb, and Frieza's just beating the shit out of him throughout it, <laughs> and he keeps standing up, doing it again. But and you also see it in Dragon Ball Super in the tournament arc. Um, there's these they introduce these magical girls um in the tournament arc from one of the other universes and they're going through their, their transformations and goku's like oh yeah you'll stand there and then android 17 just like bang and blasts her out and she's like how dare you interrupt me when i'm doing it you cannot interrupt a maiden's transformation she's like he's like you're just standing there wide open because like come on 17 like you gotta let them do it and he's like oh fine the only thing about that is then 17 really gets into playing the villain. Like, he jumps into the roleplay along with it. But occasionally in Dragon Ball, they sort of sh- buck that trend. But then there's just so much of them standing there screaming to power up. And it's like... <laughs> I, I remember anyone? there was because uh, I Because I met Sonny Strait, who's the, the English voice actor of Krillin. Yeah. Um, and I remember he made a joke uh, about... Uh, effectively, the voice the voice recording sessions for Dragon Ball uh, just sounded like they were all constipated. <laughs> it would because they're just screaming all the time. They're just ah, <laughs> it, it absolutely would. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. But I, I very much appreciate it when a show subverts that when they'll show like a person charging up an attack and someone just walks over and kicks them or punches them mm-hmm. or attacks them and like you were just fucking standing there like I what, are, what was I supposed tropes. to do um, I love subversions of tropes or if you take a trope and you take it to the absolute extreme like Dragon Ball Z Abridged like, or Dragon Ball Z Abridged I was going to say Cautious Hero um, <laughs> if you've seen Cautious Hero the hero is overpowered but overly cautious um, I, it's on my list. Um, it is so funny. Um, it, it, it is one of those shows that it's like if it gets a season two, I don't think the dag will last through a season two. Yeah, but the, it lasts definitely lasts through the thirteen episodes of season one, and it's just like it, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, like it's just it's just so fucking funny because they just take it to the absolute extreme. Um, even if you just go watch the trailer, right? Uh, um, you'll you'll see how extreme because like it shows this training training regiment, training regiment, training regiment, and then he's fighting a slime. Yeah, <laughs> similar to yeah. that though is a uh, Bofuri. Like, is uh, I don't want to get hurt, so I max out defense. Oh yeah, and that's not a serious show. It's just a really cute Bofuri show. Bofuri is the cute girl version of that. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's Bofuri a girl that's version. never cute played girl. video games before. It's in the it's in the future where VR is there. And her friend finally convinces her to play this uh, VR MMORPG. And she starts, like, playing, and she's like, oh, I don't want to get hurt. So she takes the, uh, like, the most tank class, and she just starts maxing out, like, it comes to her stats, and she's just putting everything into defense. Yeah. Um, and it gets to the point where she keeps unlocking all these weird combinations of abilities that are just breaking the game, and then she solos a dungeon on her own that no one had done and gets even more stuff and for most of it the game did like it shows cutaways to the game developers watching and I was like what the fuck has she done now like how how can we nerf her now and they keep trying to nerf her and it's not working and then I was just like you know what fuck it everyone loves her now so just let her be yeah um but both of these something taken to the absolute extreme that it is just it is just hilarious, right? Um, also, in terms of favorite dubs, I know I think some people dislike it. I love the uh, the slime dub. The slime dub is <laughs> the slime great. dub slurp. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I yeah. do love the slime dub. Um, I love how they've got like Rima using just like modern slang in it. Yeah. Slime um, dub is actually pretty decent. I, I watched the dub um, before watching the sub of Slime, and I actually watched through the whole dub, so I, I could say it's decent because I didn't drop it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I adored it. Like, I, I binged yeah. Slime quite quite quickly. Uh, the, yeah. the dub for Slime, uh, the full name is That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. Um, yeah, The Time I Got... Yeah, sorry, when we, we sometimes shorthand... So people who have watched anime as long as we have, sometimes we just shorthand shows uh, and, like, please call us out when we do it because we want to make yeah. sure we're actually telling the full name uh, because we don't want to be gatekeeping via obscurity. Yeah. Um, it's just... We want to make sure people are able to watch the actual show. Force yeah. of habit. Like, I, I always refer to it as slime. Yeah. Same but, uh, goes or if we say the Japanese title of a show that also has an English title. I, I that's why I like when I said uh, Kanada no Astro earlier, I made sure to follow it up with the English yeah. subtitle, which is Astro Lost in Space. Because I wanna make sure as many people are able to get into this as possible. Like, um I never wanna be gatekeeping things by just listing off Japanese names that nobody will be ever be able to spell. Interesting one <laughs> about that that doesn't have an English title as far as I'm aware. It has like an English translation, but they do. 
Konosuba. <laughs> now, even in Japan, Konosuba yep. is known as Konosuba. But yep. the full title for Konosuba is Konosuba Rashi Sekai ni Shukufuku wo. And I would always, like, if one of my Japanese students when I was in Japan <laughs> asked me, like, uh, Meshu Sensei, uh, what anime do you like? I'm like, Konosuba Rashi Sekai ni Shukufuku wo. <laughs> Just to sort of show off because they would not expect this fucking giant guy to be able to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh... But, for example, Fire Force is Enen no Shibotai. The Japanese title for Fire Force is Enen no Shibotai. Um, in English, we say Fire Force. Some titles have an English and a Japanese title. Some do not. For example, Konosuba does not have an English title. It is just Konosuba for short form. The full title is, as said, Konosuba Rashi Sekai ni Shukufuku wo. But we don't use that title. We say Konosuba. And yeah. Konosuba Megumin. Megumin. Yeah, yeah, we know you like Megumin. We get it. <laughs> we saw it all. Megumin. <laughs> um, yeah, Konosuba is one of those ones where it's just, it, it's just, there is no real translation. Uh, God's blessing on this wonderful world. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. But no one calls it yeah. by that. It's Konosuba. Calls it that. You don't it call is like literally Konosuba, God's world. blessing on this wonderful world, but we call it Konosuba. Yeah. And Konosuba is great because it is a subversion, or it's not even a subversion, it's a, it is a piss take on isekai animes. It's taking the isekai trope and pushing it to the max. Um, and that is why I love Konosuba, because you don't watch Konosuba for a serious story. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you, want, if you want a serious story for an isekai, you go and watch Yojo Senkai. Uh, in English, the saga of Tanya the Evil. Mm -hmm. That is the serious isekai. That is literally... There is, that East guy's fucked. That East guy's <laughs> fucked, but it's fucking good. So the premise for for Tanya is there's this he's late twenties, early thirties guy, and all he cares about is himself, and he just wants to have a comfortable life to the point that he does not give a shit about any other human, um, and he's sort of middle management. And it, the first episode starts off with him firing a guy because the guy was not performing. And he ruins this guy's life, and he doesn't care. And he's there, he goes to the train station, and he's waiting, and the guy pushes him in front of a train. And then yep. time stops, and God starts to talk to him. And he has the gall to talk back to the God. <laughs> and he pisses God off, because he's like, I don't believe in you. You are <laughs> just a delusion of my mind while I'm about to die. You are being X. And the God's like... Alright, fuck you. And he reincarnates him as a little girl in an alternate version of history during World War Two, in this world with magic. And he gifts this guy the most immense amount of magic in this world as a little child. But for him to be able to act well now her, for Tanya now, because now he has become mm -hmm. she, for her to be able to access her mighty magical powers she must pray to God. And so at <laughs> the age of like nine, she enlists with the with the fatherland's military because she's reborn into the equivalent of Nazi Germany. Yeah. Um, it's actually, I, I was going to say, it's a little bit closer to World War One. Germany. It's, it's sort yeah, of like a mix it's, between it's, the it's two. It's an analog. It's an analog, yeah. yeah. Um, it doesn't have the Nazi elements in it, but effectively she's into uh, imperialistic Germany, we'll say. Yeah. Um, and she enlists and she becomes an officer. And she's again, her 
mission in this world is to rise up the ranks high enough that she can be she volunteers to go to the front lines so she can earn some glory and retire as a decorated officer and have a comfortable life that's all she cares about but that also means she needs to make germany win the war um but it goes beyond that she becomes too important and too skilled yeah and occasionally god comes to visit her again and she's like no you're not a god you are being x i do not believe that you are a god and i will find you and i will kill you mm-hmm. fucking mysterious. it's a really good show it's a really good show it it's is a really it's really i have a figure up, actually it's, hold it's on a good. second uh, oh, audio listeners, you will not be able to see this, but I'm going to show <laughs> a figure of that's Kanye the Buddha Chuck. Yeah. Let's just get rid of Ruby for a second. <laughs> Poor Ruby. So this is Tanya the Buddha Chuck. Ah, there we go. That's freaking sick. That is a sick model. So, um, you know, Mash, how did I know we were going to get onto a topic of isekais today? Because Mash likes isekais. <laughs> so, speaking of fucked up isekais, if you have not seen the show, this show is wildly popular, so if you've not seen this show... Um, I, I have not yet. I know Mash hasn't seen it. I know Mash hasn't seen it. ReZero, starting life in another world. This, this is the light novel, but... Um, it is an absolutely phenomenal isekai that bucks the trend of a lot of isekais and uh, and uh, really, 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 um, it really likes to play with your emotions. Let's just say that it's a show that'll like to play with your emotions. Evolper uh, asked, yeah, Evolper has asked me. So this is for audio listeners. I'll read out the question. Evolper has asked me yeah. how much the figure I just showed cost. A figure of Tanya Degurachov cost me by memory about thirteen, fourteen thousand yen. So, in New Zealand dollars, it's about $200. In US, it's probably about 130 to $160. It's not so bad, actually. Um, it's a really big model. But, what the figure is worth now, let's see if I can find. Uh, the Tanya Degurachav figure. There's a few, but uh, this particular one... Uh, so yeah, it, the release date was 2019, which is when I got it, and it cost 13,640 yen. Um, if you now go to try and buy it on Amazon, it now currently costs 447 US dollars. Oh, fuck, I just uh, muted myself, deafened myself in Discord so I couldn't hear. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, these figures rank up in price very, very quickly. Because well, once... they do, they do very limited runs. They do uh, of them. Um, that's something that I found. And like, if you don't get them when they come out in Japan, um, you're you're good not luck. Getting them. <laughs> uh, if you live in Japan, you've got a bit of a better chance because you can find them in second hand stores sometimes cheaper. But yep. even then, um, an example is uh, I will use. We need to get mashed some wireless headphones, guys. We're going to keep making do this. So, there is a thing some of you might know, but in Japan there is something called Ichiban Kuji. This is a, a lottery. And, you know, you, you'll buy a ticket and you'll peel it and you'll win anything from the A through to, like, 
the F prize. The F prize being like it might be a sticker, it might be a keychain, it might be any, it might be like a little postcard. It's like the cheap prize. And the A, the ABC prizes tend to be like figures. You get a lot of One Piece ones. You've get got a few Kona Super ones. So this one here, this this is a Megumin Ichiban Kuji figure. Just to show the back of the box, so you get a better look of what the figure will look like. This is an Ichiban Kuji. Now this particular one, this one here, and if you can see in the corner here, you can sort of see the pillow here. Um, I'm not going to grab her, it. but yeah. in the background there is the other one that came, that w this was the A prize, and I'll grab it. Yeah, I was going to say, we can't see it. <laughs> so that box was the A prize, and this is the B prize. It's a pretty good prize. Um, I'm not going to lie. You know, she's in her pajamas and onto the pillow. Very cute figure. Now, at this point in time, Mash was on a campaign to collect every single Megamin <laughs> figure. I made a very, very solid attempt at this before I had to give up. <laughs> Mash showed us on street on screen. There's Bad. a lot of Megamin figures. Uh, there is. <laughs> I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I have about 17. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, about 17. Mash has about 17 Megumin figures. Um, then my income drastically changed because of COVID and I could not afford to keep ordering them on release but the story with these two that I'm showing the Ichiban Kujis I was at Akihabara and they had they had them on the lottery they had a stall outside they had all the figures like all the prizes um I might actually be able to go and show you something else that I won on that one but I was like I want to I only want the figures like I don't care about everything else I just want the two figures and I asked them I was like uh can I just buy the figures and they're like no 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 no, no buy only win like, oh fuck so I went to some of the secondhand store, these display case stores that you find at Akihabara. And mm -hmm. these sort of stores, what happens is that people will rent out a display case to sell what they want to sell. Occasionally you'll find something reasonably priced. Most of the time it is majorly overpriced. Um, but it is a good way to find hard to get figures. Um, for example, Anything Shiro from No Game No Life and anything Kaneki Ken from Tokyo Ghoul is going to run you 60,000 yen plus. So, you know, you're looking at almost $1,000 for a figure in these stores. <laughs> oh my god. Um, a lot of Makisei Kurisu stuff will cost you anywhere from fifteen to 80,000 yen. Um, so these two Mega Means were still winnable at this point. One of them, this one here, was being sold for about 15,000 yen. Uh, and the one still in the box was being sold for about 20,000 yen. So, they were going to cost me 35,000 yen. So instead I go back to the Ichiban Kuji place and I buy 15,000 yen worth of uh, Ichiban Kuji tickets. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to gamble here. I'm going to try and get these two figures. 
Kids at home, gambling is bad, don't do it. Well, okay, technically it's not gambling because I got something for everything. Um, the question was, the gamble was, do I get what I want? Um, and, you know, I was opening, opening, opening. After about five tickets, and each ticket is about 380, 480 yen. So, you know, you're looking at about five bucks a ticket. After about five tickets, I got one of the prizes. Like, oh, cool. Kept opening. My second to last ticket was the second figure. That's um, freaking lucky. Yeah, it was freaking lucky. Uh, but I did get both. Um, but Ichiban Kuji's, they skyrocket in price once once that Kuji is over because that's that's the run for the figure. They don't get yep. re-released. They're uh, one and done. Um, so Ichiban everyone, Kuji's. remember when you when you are lamenting the fact that your favorite video game has loot boxes in it, it's his fault. <laughs> no, 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 no. When you're lamenting He's the fact... No, no, no. When you're lamenting the fact that your favorite anime only has Ichiban Kuji merch, I... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Ichiban Kuji is a very popular thing. Um, uh, they are, like... Here's how popular Ichiban Kuji is. Um, One Piece is one of the most... One Piece and Dragon Ball are one of the most common ones that will get it. They will be sold... Like, they'll be advertised about one or two months in advance and you'll buy them at fucking 7-Eleven and Family Mart they will have like a shelf just displaying the prizes and they will say tickets go on sale at this day and you can then go and get them and within like two days all the figure prizes will pretty much be gone um, it's crazy I, I mean Gucci's. it makes sense for the really really popular shows right especially you know, One Piece Dragon Ball yeah. stuff like that right Ichiban Kuji um, is a hella popular in Japan I can see because, that I can see that being really popular for like Demon Slayer stuff too um because gambling uh, gambling is actually technically illegal in Japan but there are mm-hmm. all these little workarounds uh and one of the national pastimes of Japan is called Pachinko and this actually does tie into anime because um yeah, most of your favorite animes will have a pachinko machine. Madoka Magica. Mm-hmm. Puella Magi Madoka Magica has pachinko machines. Code Kias has pachinko machines. Steinsgate has pachinko machines and was all, what almost made me start playing pachinko. I didn't, because that would have robbed my money, but I almost did just because of Steinsgate. Almost everything will have a pachinko machine. Now, if you don't know what pachinko is, pachinko is where you pay money and you get balls, you insert the balls of the machine, and they'll sort of tickle and you're trying to win more balls if you if you've ever watched um um price is right there's that game in price is right that is effectively just a pachinko machine where you drop balls down and those prizes at the bottom and you have to try and land in the slots that you want it's kind of the same thing I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up an image. Uh, that works. That works too. <laughs> I was like I'm trying to bring it into somebody's attention that uh, that uh, would be more of a Western audience uh, analog. Yeah. Okay. So this image will do. Um, open image in new tab, and then I'm just going to uh, save image as, and I'm just gonna add it to the overlay very briefly. Yep. This is gonna be the easiest way to do it. Add image. Image six browse and downloads uh fuck I need a preview to see uh was it this one nope yeah you don't know it's fair uh was it this one nope that's the overlay it must be this one then yes this is a pachinko machine um 
Oh, you're dragging the overlay. Yeah. This is go. a pachinko machine. So you'll insert the balls, um, and they'll sort of tickle down here and dropping into holes. Some people will argue, and one of my friends will argue that I went to Japan with the first time that there's strategy involved. There's not. It is pure luck. Um, but people will sit here all fucking day and you'll see like they'll be getting trays and the trays will just be filled with balls and they'll be stacking them up. Now, why Pachinko is by the Japanese government not considered gambling is that when you when you cash in your balls, your little BB balls, ball bearings, they will give you these big plastic tokens. And you can use those plastic tokens to buy different stuff in the store and like in in the uh, in the Pachinko parlor, you know, beer and wine and cigarettes and candy and playstations and all this but do you know what else you can do with those plastic tokens walk 50 meters down the road to where there's this little store like it's literally just like a basically like it's, it's a, a bank teller yeah. a little kiosk yeah. and you give them the the uh the plastic cards and they give you money for them yeah but it's not on the same premises they're different so companies so therefore it's okay <laughs> it's not gambling if they're different companies yeah and so it's not considered gambling yeah. um but people will sit there for hours and spend a lot of money on the pachinko um um yeah i could believe crane games are actually a skill i can't believe pachinko skill okay <laughs> let, let, let's talk I've about watched, the crane I've games. japanese crane game videos and i'm like i can understand how somebody might be really good at those i'm going to say oh, you're both correct and incorrect <laughs> it depends on the arcade it also depends on the machine in the arcade mm -hmm. now some of them they're doable um, and some of them I was not good at, but I was reasonable at. I actually have a story when I went there with uh, Haji. So if most people in chat will know one of my friends and my mod, Haji. We went to Japan. That was my second time to Japan. Um, and I won quite a few figures. But we met this girl in Akihabara. This, she would have late teens to early 20s. I, I don't know her exact age. Um, and we were watching her trying to win this figure and she just kept putting yen after yen 100 yen coins in and she probably put like 2000 yen in and she just wasn't getting it and I, I would say she's probably like 18 to 21 so that like not a teen but you know young adult um mm -hmm. and i just walked sort of walked over as like mind if i try He's like, oh, okay. I put 500 yen in. I won it in, three sh in 300 yen. <laughs> Gave it to her. Yeah. And it was yep. funny. It was really cute because her response to us was, thank you, I told my girlfriend I wouldn't buy anything. I didn't say I wouldn't win anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah. correct. Best got it correct. But that was my, uh, that was my good deed. Um, of that day. Ha, That's so funny. Got the fucking mosquito, you dirty bastard. Um, but yeah. I'm trying to remember what the anime it was from. It might have been like a Madoka thing or something. It was... I don't remember exactly what the anime was, but... It was something fairly popular. So some of the machines are absolutely skill-based. And particularly there's ones that aren't the claw, but they're... Uh, 
they'll have a bar a like two they'll have two bars and yeah. they'll either be parallel or one will be like slanted further away yeah and then you'll have like a crane that's like just two hooks and so yeah, instead yeah. of having the four you'll have just the two and, and you try and you'll pick it see- up and drop it between the two no no. no, you just you will have made the mistake that every foreigner makes that you think that the goal is to pick it up and angle it to get through. Now I did do that once. I did fluke it once with a Zoro figure where I managed to like pick it up and then like slipped out and went right through. But that is not how you do it. You have to pull the figure and your goal is oh, not okay, to yeah. pick it up is you use one side of the claw to start moving the figure around and then it'll get to the point where it started this way and you end up having it this way and it'll be slightly yeah, yeah, in started out. and then you'll have to just get the claw one last time and pull and flip up and it just slops and then it goes down yeah yeah you you originally have it uh like uh perpendicular and you need a parallel yeah uh, so one that. of the figures yeah, yeah, yeah. that are one of those this is an arcade figure that i won with one of those machines oh that is sick so this is my Roy Mustang that I won. Um, and that that was through skill. Probably spent 800 yen on getting him. Still, that's not bad. So 800 yen for that figure. I'm yeah. I was I would I would go through stages of being good and stages of being dog shit at these machines. But yeah, some of these machines are absolutely skill based. Uh, another figure that I won through one of the, these machines, and I won this when I was living there, and my brother came to visit, is this one. Uh, that's pretty sick, Goku. Um, and I wanted to show my brother. I was like trying to prove a point to him because he's like he was going like, ah, oh, you know, these are all rigged. I'm like, no, 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 they're not rigged. They're not rigged. I can prove it. <sighs> Fucking law. Um, and he's like, alright, prove it. And I was like, alright, I will. And I proved it. No, that's not the right way. How does Law hold his sword? Uh, I don't know. Am I supposed to... No. Alright, so just for reference, uh... For those watching, this is a Law figure. Tadafalga Law from One Piece. Who's annoyingly dropped his sword? <laughs> Watch as we mess with anime or uh, anime figure collections of Mesh. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Good old law boy. I have a few laws. There we go. Um, and I, yeah, I proved I proved my point. Yeah. Um. And as I said, I think I think there is a semblance of skill to the. There is the to some game. of them, but yeah. some of the machines are just absolutely rigged. Um, yeah. They will change the tension of the hook, the strength of the hook. Um, so sometimes you'll see it going down, and the hook will just be going, and you're like, all right, this this machine's a wash. Yeah. Because you need it to have a strong pull, and you also need it to be firm. If it's just yeah. going to be like ah, la, 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 wobbling all over the place, it's no go. Uh, you can very easily tell when the machine's rigged against you. Um, some of the machines are absolutely rigged. Some of them are not. Some of them are near impossible. If it's just a straight claw, I always avoid it. There's these other ones where it'll be on a slope. 
and it'll be resting on just like this nest of like plastics like rubbery spikes going up and I hate those ones because it always catches the claw and I never figured out how to do those ones um, there's other ones where you'll have just one claw and the prize will be on a plastic hook sit, sitting on top of a bar and just hanging there and your goal is that you have to sort of like move the hook left to right and it'll slowly move its way off until it falls those ones are bullshit those ones are absolute <laughs> fucking bullshit um, because they rig them and then there's another yeah. type of machine that you'll quite often see and this one will often be having like cosplay swords the plastic swords or stuff or other things where the instead of a hook there'll be like a craft knife blade and then there'll be a piece of paper like stretched out over two bars and that paper will be closed at the bottom and there'll be the string holding the prize under there and that one is that you just have to stab and cut the piece of paper you've got to that attempt annoying as hell you've got to well sometimes they're really easy and sometimes they're rigged sometimes the blade will go right through and you can like do it in a, a couple of hundred yen and other times the blade won't even pierce the paper yeah um some of the arcades are absolutely winnable and real fun and i've spent many a day just spending money in an ar in arcades having fun winning some prizes mm -hmm. and some of the arcades are just dog shit frustrating and i walk out very quickly because i can quite quickly tell the difference between arcade where i'm just being shit and i'm i can do it and one that's rigged against me yeah but arcades are fun i like the japanese arcades so what would you say your favorite your all-time favorite dub is my all-time favorite dub yeah uh, you know, it's funny, because, like, my all-time favorite dub would be of a show I actually prefer to watch sub. And I know that oh. sounds counterintuitive. I know that sounds counterintuitive. Um, but I absolutely fucking love the dub of ReZero. Okay. The dub of ReZero is phenomenal. The voice actors all do an amazing job. Just the, the Japanese voice actors just do a tiny bit better. Just a tiny bit better. Okay. Um, but it is, like, there is not one voice in there that I'm like, that doesn't fit that character, or that doesn't, like, there are some some characters that I prefer the the English voice actor to the Japanese voice actor. It's mm -hmm. just the majority, like, yeah. like there's definitely, it's just a tiny bit of eek out on the, on the uh, um, sub. But, like, I would have to say that ReZero is my favorite dub of any show that I've ever watched. And it's, like, honestly, it, it, like, it made me feel such incredible emotions um like the voice actors did such an incredible job to make me feel such incredible emotions that you can literally sit there and watch an episode that is just two characters having a conversation i'm not going to say what those conversation is because obviously spoilers <laughs> yeah but you can literally sit there and watch an episode that is just two characters having a a deep heartfelt conversation with each other and like you feel like emotionally broken at the end like uh, have you seen clanad i have yes have you seen clanad season two i yes did I still cry? I still say this. I did not actually. Okay. Um, so a lot of people think I'm emotionless. But... Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out there, Giga. Uh you're not human. <laughs> a lot of see, once again, we said this was the canceling of Eagle. Uh, a lot of people say I'm emotionless. Uh this made me cry though. Because <laughs> uh Clanad season two is fuck you the anime. 
Yeah, yeah, more. Um, if anyone hasn't seen Clannad season two, here's here's a rundown of Clannad season two. Um, we're gonna start off with some real good, like sweet, feel good stuff and some nice deep emotions, and now we're gonna rip your fucking heart out of your chest, and we're gonna stomp it on the ground, and we're just gonna keep crushing it into the dirt. We're gonna do that for a few episodes, um, but now. Now we're going to just pick up your heart and put it back and go like, you know, everything's going to be alright. It's all good. Oh, actually, you know that heart we just gave you back? No, we're going to take that again and just crush it some more. And rip it up a bit. And then, now we're going to just piss on it and set it on fire. Um, and then... After all that, after we've just completely crushed you and destroyed you, we're going to tell you that everything we just did to you, yeah, it didn't happen. And Clannad is a fantastic soul, uh, soul, a fantastic show, but the creators of it are evil. Uh, key visual arts, uh, key visual arts, if you ever, ever somehow see this podcast, you guys are fucking evil. Because it's not an isolated incident, okay? Every single one of your shows is effectively fuck you the anime. Charlotte, fuck you the anime. Clannad, fuck you the anime. The one that might not be fuck you the anime will be for the longest time you think it's not fuck you the anime, uh, which is Little Busters. Um, just to show Little Busters best girl. Uh, here we have a Kutravaka Naomi, Little Busters best girl. And then, um, and then yeah, you become fuck you the anime. Air, fuck you the anime. Every, oh, Angel Beats, fuck you the anime. I didn't cry either. I didn't cry at any of the other key animes. Clannad uh, is the only one that made me cry. I tear it up at the end of Angel Beats. But I love key visual arts animes. But key visual arts is effectively fuck you the anime, the studio. Yeah. I haven't watched any of those other ones, but I watched Angel Beats as well. And I, I, Angel Beats had like no effect on me. Um... The other interesting thing about key visual arts is they are all start as visual novels. Um, more most of them do. And most of them are fairly on the arrow side. Um, there's a lot of art of, for example, Little Busters. There's a lot of suggestive parts of Little Busters in the dating sim side of it. Um, and further to that, one of the most popular animes of all time, Fate, the Fate series. Yeah, the Fate series started as a um, as a hentai game. Fate Stay Night, originally a hentai game. So that famous line of people die when you when they are killed. Uh, yeah, that that's triggered from a hentai game. Yay! <laughs> um, it's funny. It's funny you bring up Fate. I think I I think I briefly mentioned Fate earlier. I'm not a fan of Fate. I can't stand it. I don't mind it. I think it's fun enough. <laughs> yeah. um, I definitely prefer... Um, what's this? The arc? It's the um, Unlimited Blade Works version. Unlimited Blade Works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is, um, Unlimited Blade Works... Uh, so Zero and Unlimited Blade Works are the superior fate in comparison to the original Fates Day Night. Yes. I have not watched and Apocrypha. each one of those... I have not watched for, for Elliot those who don't know. What the difference is, is, each one of those is a different route in the visual novel. Yeah. So when you play the original visual novel, you have the choice between the different routes. Each one of the series of Fate is a different branching path of that of that uh, visual novel. Indeed. Um, um, 
I can't stand it though. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, there was another show that I was going to bring up earlier, and I've lost my train of thought with it. It's a really good ah. Okay, duh. It's a dub. It's a dub pro- concept. Um, okay, so yeah, most yeah. most dubs, the you either have to watch something dubbed or subbed. It is almost impossible to jump between a dub and a sub. Yeah. There's two shows I've seen that I can do an episode of one and then an episode of the other and not have it to be jarring. The first one is, and this is a fantastic show, is Durarara. Ah. Durarara is fucking phenomenal and I love Shizuo Hewajima. But Durarara is a phenomenal show and the dub for it is so well done. And the sub for it is so well done. And you can sort of jump between each of them and it's not that different. They pretty accurately get the voices. Um, I want to see if I can find a comparison between Shizuo sub and dub. I haven't actually watched the show. So I highly recommend it. I'm not sure on this one. I, 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 don't, have a, I don't have an opinion on this one. Uh, okay, here's, a, here's an anime voice comparison for Shizuo Hewajima, my favorite character in... So this is the sub. So the sub voice is Daisuke Ono. And the dub is done by Crispin Freeman. Once I see your brother go face first into the nearest garbage truck. So that was so just to jump back a bit. Yeah. Uh Crispin Freeman. So I, I love his voice. Face first <laughs> the nearest garbage I love Crispin Freeman's voice. So yeah, that, that face first into the nearest garbage truck, that's Crispin Freeman, and that's the dub. So I can very easily jump between the sub and the dub for da 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 because the voice is not identical, but they're pretty close. Mm-hmm. They've got a similar... They're similar enough that it's not having to readjust. Um, and the other one that I can do that for is... Uh, My Hero Academia is that I feel that the My Hero Academia sub and dub is also very very accurate and I can jump between an episode of sub and an episode of dub and there's not this huge this huge jarring especially with Bakugo so I'm going to do a find a Bakugo comparison um, let's see alright here we go If I had been stronger, if I hadn't been kidnapped by villains, then it never would have happened. All Might knows it was my fault, but hasn't said anything. Everyone has to know, though. I can't get... All Might was trying to get rid of me. I didn't say anything. I didn't think about it. I So I find those two voices are also very 
accurate. Not identical, but it's not hard to to Very jump similar, between them. Yeah. There's not this jarring. Um, uh, there's not this jarring difference. Like if we do, if we want a jarring difference, I'm going to bring up a jarring difference here. Um, no, 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 not this one. Uh, we're going to do Monkey D. Luffy dub versus sub. <laughs> okay, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> um, let me just find one. I'm not going to use the Zoro one because Zoro is Zoro is one of the few good dub voices in there. Um, come on. Sure, we'll see this one. So, Luffy singing. And this is the dub. God, that's painful. <laughs> it's just not well done. That's just so fucking painful. <laughs> so this is okay. This is this is spoiler, but okay. At this point, for One Piece, like if you haven't watched One Piece, you're either you're either going to or or you're not. You either have or you haven't. Like. I think at this point, spoiling stuff for early, like, mo a lot of One Piece, it doesn't matter if you spoil it now. So Ace dies. So the scene I'm about to show you of it as a comparison is the sub of Ace dying, of Luffy's reaction, and the dub. This is the sub. I don't mean like I don't want to put down anyone's work, and the the voice act like the voice actress that does Luffy's voice in the dub is actually a good voice actress, but the subbed One Piece is just superior in every in every way. Um. Yep. There's there's no the argument can be made that Zoro's dubbed voice is very well done. Um, and the dub for Zoro is is good. The sub for Zoro, for Zoro is very good. Um, but and Nami's voice is okay dubbed. But there's just not in general the if you've watched the sub for for One Piece, the dub is only ever going to cause you pain. Uh, you'll only ever be able to watch the subbed again. It's painful to watch. 
as, watch it dub. As somebody who watches a lot of shows subbed first because uh, because I watch them as they come out, right? Like I'll either watch them as they come out or, or shortly after they finish airing before dubs are done. Um, as somebody who watches subs first a lot, that happens frequently. <laughs> Yep. You watch the sub and you're like and then you watch the dub later and you're like, this would have been okay if it wasn't for the fact that the sub was better. So I have two hidden gems. One I've mentioned already, but I want to bring up again as a hidden gem yep. is Durarada. Durarada is phenomenal and Durarada is one of the shows like there's something in it for everyone. Like Durarada is one of the few shows that I could say that no matter what you're looking for in an anime, you will find it in Durarada. It's also one of those shows, like, has anyone here seen the movie, um... Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, that movie is great. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that movie, man. Um, <laughs> it's an older, much older movie. Um, it's got Bruce Willis in it, it's got Elijah Wood, it's got a bunch of different people, and it starts off... Sin City! There we go, Sin City. So if you've seen Sin City, where like it's a bunch of different stories, and at first you're wondering like, how are these stories all connected? And then as the movie progresses, all the threads start to line up. That is da 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 is a bunch of characters that for a lot of the time you're like, how are these characters intertwined? Are we just watching like eight different stories? But as it goes on from da 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 to da 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 x two, um, and then the X2 is split into three different um, seasons. There's effectively two seasons, but there's effectively four seasons. Because yeah. the da season two is split into three... Uh, three segments. Yeah. Three parts. Um, yeah. And you also just described Odd Taxi, which is the show <laughs> I was selling earlier. But like, as, <laughs> it, as it goes on, that all, kind all of these interconnected stories, but the da is yep. just so good. You know, there's... there's some romance in it and there's action and there's mystery and there's betrayal and there's so I'll much cool stuff and and if you ever want to watch a, a normal human man well not normal but a human man with nothing special about him kicking a fucking car down the road as he's shot at watch that out of there there's a character in it I showed you his voice of Shizuo Hewajima um and Shizuo Hewajima in Dorada, this is not a spoiler because it's shown very quickly. He is the he is one of the few people in Ikebukuro that you do not fuck with. Because he has a very short temper and he will kill people. He is a man that literally rips up signposts and bashes people with them. He is a man that picks up a vending machine and throws it. You do not fuck with Shizuo. There's literally a scene in season two where there's this huge fight and he's just walking to the fight with a motorcycle over his shoulder. And they were just everyone in the fight just stops and looks at him. And he asks, like, whose bike is this? And this girl puts her hand up and is like, it's mine. He's like, oh, I thought it was one of the fuckwits that was fucking with everyone. And I was gonna use it to hit I was gonna hit him with it. I guess I'll put it down. <laughs> so we literally carries on this motorcycle thinking it was this bad per person's bike and he was going to hit the person with their own motorcycle that's so funny <laughs> and there's nothing supernatural about Shizuo there are supernatural elements there is like um um there is Selty who is a Dullahan who is looking for her head one of the characters is Selty Selty Stillerson an Irish Dullahan who had her head stolen from her lost all of her memories and is now looking for her head 
So there are supernatural parts to, um, to da da da, -da. Shizuru's not one of them. He is just freakishly strong, where he can run down a road kicking a car to block bullets being shot at him. <laughs> they never, ex they never satisfactorily explain <laughs> why so he is so strong. I love it. Um, the only explanation they have is that he is an overactive, um, uh, what's that hormone called? Um, adrenaline. He is overactive adrenaline that sort of pushes his body and, like, he used to get angry as a kid and pick up the fridge and would break his bones and each time his bones would just heal stronger and stronger and stronger because that's what bones do. And now he's basically, like, a walking tank. Some one-punch man shit. Do you feel yeah. push-ups a day and... <laughs> 50 um, sit-ups a day and... <laughs> So Dararada is absolutely a a hidden gem that people have to watch. After, okay. um, Gnome is asking, what's your favorite anime? <clears throat> That's a loaded question, Gnome. Uh, very hard to put one uh, above others when not there are me, so many not. amazing shows. There is? No, um, not for you? <laughs> not for me. So I go agree ahead, with Giga ahead. that in generally speaking, it is very difficult to name a favorite game or a favorite movie or a favorite anime because they will change as different things come out and your top things will generally be cycling. And my top two downwards are always cycling. Number one has been the same since 2011. And that is Steins Gate. Nothing has ever pushed Steins Gate out of that number one spot. Nothing has ever dethroned Steins Gate as, a, as my number one anime. Um, Steins Gate is my other hidden gem. And I, it's ironic to call Steins Gate a hidden gem. Because it consistently places in the top three of all time best animes. But at the same time you ask someone, hey have you seen Steins Gate? And so often you'll be like, huh what the fuck's that? It's it's so interesting because like you look on MAL and I know MAL is not a collection of every single person who watches anime. It's more a collection of people who watch anime um, more a actively actively seek out anime, and it's always it's in like the top twenty most popular shows. But when you talk to somebody like at a workplace or whatever, and you mention Steinsgate, they go what? Yep. And then you're like, and then you're like Dragon Ball, and they're like, oh yeah, I've seen Dragon Ball. <laughs> So yeah, absolutely. Uh, Steins Gate is definitely is one of those shows where it's like it is it is among the actual anime anime watching crowd um, who actively seek out shows. Um, it is definitely a very popular show among yeah. that crowd. Um, not so much among the casual anime watcher. I do have something I always tell people when it comes to uh, Steins Gate. You have to watch it twice. Yeah, because so the first. 40%, 50% of Steins Gate is fairly light-hearted. It's fairly slice-of-lifey and just comedy, and there's some real science in it. Like, it is all based on real-world scientific theories and facts, um, which is very, very interesting. Uh, but a lot of it is just, like, very... just very comedy and slice-of-life, and some people find this art a little bit slow. I can understand that. About three episodes in, you sort of start getting the hints of the more serious stuff uh, that's sort of slowly building up and then there's a point about halfway through where it just becomes shit gets fucked immediately it's this huge turning point it's just the episode's going casual as always and then it's insert really fucked thing that happens here and the rest of the show's on this just downward intensely like just mind fuck 
But throughout every episode of Steins Gate, there is a lot of background information going on and being given to you and things that you will miss or things you'll forget. And a key point is episode one. And so it's episode one, I don't think it's a spoiler to say this. In episode one, the main character, Okabe Rintaro, gets a text on his phone with a file. It's a text from an unknown number with just a file on it. He opens the file, it's a video file that is nothing but static. And he's like, oh, okay. Huh. That, that is not mentioned again until about episode 20. That doesn't become important until episode 20-ish. So, by the time you've gone through all the mind fuckery that's happening in, in, the, in between like 19 episodes, you're not going to remember this three second scene from episode one. But when you rewatch it, I love shows that like you have to rewatch to get everything. Yeah, but then you rewatch yeah, it and it. you see on episode one, you're like, "Ah, oh, that that's right, that happened, that was a thing." So that's what that is, and then you start watching it, knowing what's going to happen, and you start sort of piece, everything starts all the piecing. Extra. You start seeing all the foreshadowing, all the yeah. the yeah. So we're we're currently playing through Steins Gate Elite on Wifey Wednesdays. And I'm trying my best in scenes to not spoil what I know is upcoming. Because although the visual novel's got some slight differences, in general it is the same. It's very, very similar. And I'm just like, trying my best not to spoil the stuff that's happening. So yeah, my number one anime is uh, Steins Gate. If you had no, to pick I one. I give you a three. three. I can give you three shows. I'll take, I'll take uh, three. That 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 my top is definitely among those three shows. Um, okay, what I know I've been I've been shilling ReZero. <laughs> I've been shilling ReZero this whole time. I'm wearing a fucking ReZero shirt. I'm I have my light novels here. Um, I absolutely fucking adore this show. That's definitely one of the three. Uh, another one of the three is eighty six, which I'm watching through right now. I think it's absolutely criminally underrated, uh, criminally underwatched. Um, the story has been just absolutely phenomenal so far. And then the third would be something that I kind of more grew up with uh, in terms of anime. And I can definitely say that it is objectively not uh, not even an incredible show. But it's one of those shows that is like one of my favorites of all time just because of the way I grew up with it. And mm -hmm. the way I interacted with it growing, uh, growing up. I can still sit down and watch it today and enjoy it. Full Metal Panic. I, I sing Full Metal Panic. I enjoyed the season that I saw. Yep. I yeah, didn't rush it's out. It's not the most amazing show yeah. in the world. <laughs> I didn't like rush out to get the other stuff, but it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't bad yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good shows, but you know we've there's talked about really we've talked about some hidden gems and we've talked about some of our favorite dubs. Yeah. What about our least favorite dubs? Obviously, I've mentioned <laughs> One Piece. You brought, up, you brought up four kids. Uh, we brought up four so I think kids. You covered a large, a large portion of um, dubs. Uh, <laughs> I have also mentioned the parts of the original Dragon Ball Z dub that I just like Trunks's original voice. It's not good. I'm sorry. It's just no. Not Trunks's good. voice is awful. Trunks's voice is absolutely awful. Especially um, like after watching so much of Dragon Ball Z abridged, where the Trunks voice actor in Dragon Ball Z abridged so fucking good. Yeah, it's cringe going back to that one. Um, but what are some other terrible dubs? So you you brought this up as a as a subject of conversation uh, for me, and and I I thought about it a lot. I thought about it a lot, and I I, I did some like digging throughout my anime past, um, and then I realized when I hate a dub, I just drop it. <laughs> I, I I start watching the sub. 
So I can bring up shows that I tried to watch the dub on, uh, mm -hmm. and then I was just like, "This is abysmal." Um, Log Horizon. Okay, Log I still Horizon haven't seen the show. I absolutely fucking adore. I love this show, and once again, we're back under the topic of fucking isekais because <laughs> Log Horizon is another isekai. I, I always say, I always tell people, Log Horizon is is sort of online, but it actually is done right, and it is an actually an MMO. Um, but the dub was just abysmal. Don't even try it. Um, the, there's main characters that just sound absolutely terrible in it. Um, I think I already brought up Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer was another show I, I not, yeah I, I, I enjoyed the Goblin Slayer dub, dub, but um, but that's just you know that was just me. Uh, there's certain characters that that no. don't drive well with me. Um, I'm trying to think of what other like really dubs that I tried. Like the thing is, like most of the time, I don't. I don't despise a dub. I just despise certain characters within a dub. Okay, I can give um, you a dub that is just objectively bad. Yeah, give me a dub that is just objectively bad. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. The Oceania dub for Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah, yeah, season one! <laughs> season one! That was... Yeah, the ocean dub. The ocean dub of Dragon Ball Z. Was, oh. Yeah, that was absolutely abysmal. Uh, that was absolutely abysmal. It was. I feel sorry like, for anyone that grew up with that one. I I did. I grew up with that. Only for season one, but yeah, that I grew was up with that. that was dog shit. <laughs> yeah. There's no yeah. saving that. There's absolutely yeah. no saving that. That was just terrible. Yeah. For me, it's definitely, especially with some of those older dubs. Anything that sounds like it was recorded in someone's spare bedroom with a headset mic um those Very true. those kind of dubs are terrible um and it, it's funny because it, there's a very big difference between a professional dub and you know a, a passion project because one of the biggest passion projects on the internet that has spawned into such a huge phenomenon is red versus blue now the very first season of red versus blue the quality of it is terrible. The writing, okay, and the writing doesn't like. Okay, it's not very PC. The writing for today. isn't incredible. The writing's it, funny. It, like, it's, it was funny. It it's was funny, funny, but it doesn't hold up to today's standards of what is acceptable. But I still love Red versus Blue. Um, but I'm bringing this up because the first few seasons of Red versus Blue was a passion project of a few friends and and one of the guys spare bedrooms with their headset mics fucking around with halo that's what it was and so it's more acceptable for that to have that terrible echoey quality to it than it is for a professional dub to have that and if your voice is sounding like it is recorded on a headset mic from the early 2000s and it's echoey and scratchy it's that's an instant. I think, I think Red versus Blue also gets away with it because the characters are all wearing helmets, and therefore you could feasibly see that the yeah, yeah their the, their voice is being picked up by an ec like a fuzzy echoey mic. Because, but at the same time, you know, the yeah. the dub quality, like the voice quality of Red versus Blue, the once it starts becoming more and more, oh. it drastically improves. Oh, definitely. Um, my headcanon is their, their headset mics. The, yeah. the, the mics and the helmets just got better. That's my headcanon. <laughs> That's absolutely fair. 
Um, but yeah, there are some very awful dubs out there. I find mm. a lot of early, like late nineteen nineties, early two thousand dubs. Yep. And I like not even jump out specifically because they're just forgettable. They're just all yeah. That's that's exactly the problem I was having when I was going through through like worst dubs. Mm. I was like, I've forgotten all of them. Like, like I just I blocked out that part of my brain. Yeah, like it's gone. Um, and again, like I brought this up earlier, and I do think that one of the biggest problems with this early era of dubbing, you know, that late nineties, early two thousands, was that it was a very homogenous group of voice actors. And then this, the voice actors got better in the late two thousands to mid two thousand and tens, but it was still a very it was a very select group but in the last i want to say the, like the last five to eight years there's just been this explosion of new voice actors and i i know i've already brought it up but the overlord voice actors like einzel gone he is not a big name voice actor i mean he might be getting there now but like i'm going to bring up his his um his his voice lists um einzel gone dub voice actor because I can't even say who it is off the top of my head. He is voiced by Chris Guerrero. Uh, Momonga Einzel Gone is voiced by Chris Guerrero. So he... Is a fairly new... Will open his eye behind the voice actor. Uh, list. So Chris Guerrero has fun. voiced... Um, I'm going to think. look at the ones that I know. He his voice his first voice role was, um, he was additional voices from like two thousand two, so he's done additional voices in like Escaflown and Dagashi Keshi, Tales of Zestria, Token Ranbu, Tanya the Evil, Royal Tutor, Pop Team Epic, Tokyo Ghoul, Fruits Basket, the new one. Uh, he's done some narration. His first voiced role like character voice was Balgus and Escaflown. I never watched it. Um, you don't need to, don't worry. <laughs> he's done some voices in One Piece, 2004. So he's the voice of uh, Hajuden, Pekoms, and Gekko Moria. He's Ichia in Fairy Tale. Um, he's done some voices for Smite. But, you know, he sort of does some stuff in 2000-2004. And then it nothing until 2010, like nothing big, where he's uh, Lord Garuda and Hon. Then some fairy tale, uh, some game acting, and then he's uh, the Squid Megalo in Korewa Zombie Deska. Uh, is this a zombie of the dead? So season two of Korewa Zombie. That's a pretty cool show. Um, so he's just got he's then he is uh, Nobuta in Assassination Classroom. And he's uh, Katsuya Mabuchi in Tokyo Ghoul Route A. So, like, he's got some decent voices. Yatori in Kamisame Kiss 2. But there's not this huge slew of just voice, voice. Like, big voice, big voice, big voice, big voice. Um, Like, his yeah. next real big voice he's is... He's definitely done a lot more supporting roles. A lot more yeah. minor roles. In My Hero Academia, he's Rikia Katsukame and Kenji Suragame. Like, they're not big characters. Um... 
then yeah overlord 2016 uh, i would say that's his, like his first big role in a decade he's lavender and dragon ball super um i haven't seen this yet but he's the grandmaster in akashic records <laughs> oh akashic records um and then he's, as much, he's as, as much as it's light novel trash, I really enjoyed the Kashik records. Uh, then he's um, <laughs> Heracles in High School DxD Hero. Uh, he's the evil priest in Goblin Slayer, but again, that's not a big role. Yeah, it's not a big role. Uh, he's Morito in Doctor Stone, but again, that's not a big role. Not a big role. Yeah. Um, so he does a lot of background stuff, um, but. You know, you see him as freaking Einzel Gone, and he Einz carries Gone. that. Oh, he is fantastic in that role. Uh, you're right, uh, Blizz. Korewa Zombie did have, um, had like 22 voice actors for the, for Euclid Halcythe. <laughs> Which were all, uh, the main male characters, um, own, like, the way he thought, she, like his own fantasies of her. So, oh have you seen Korewa Zombie? Have you seen Is This a Zombie? I have no idea. I have no idea. All right, let me sell you <laughs> Is This a Zombie. There is a pink talking chainsaw called Mistletane. Uh, the special move of the character that uses this uh, this ability does an attack called Mistletane Kick. Mistletane Kick is cutting them in half from the head down with this chainsaw, and they'll always okay. say. THAT'S NOT A KICK! As they're being ripped in half. I now get that meme! Yep. That's, a, that's, a, that's a common meme! Um, <laughs> Kodewa Zombie, so the main male character gets killed and comes back as a zombie. Um, okay. There is a, this character called Euclid Halcythe who is potentially one of the most powerful characters in all of anime. Because whatever she says tends to happen. Uh, so if she tells you die you just die uh, her words hold power um, and her emotions hold power so like one of the first meetings of the main character when he's still human and her um, is he's like, tr like he thinks oh this girl's cute and he tries to impress her by doing some break dancing falls lands on his wrist and sprains his wrist and she's like <laughs> and she communicates by writing on signs so she writes that was funny don't do it again. <laughs> and the reason why is that if she shows emotion, bad things tend to happen. Um, he gets killed by a serial killer and she brings him back to life and then she starts living with him. Um, yeah, and as Blitz said, in addition to her powers, she can literally kill immortal beings. Uh, Euclid Halcythe okay. is ridiculously powerful. Um, the dub for this, like, there's literally, like, little commentaries that go on under the dub. And one of them is, there's a joke that's being played, and they're like, we cannot translate this joke into English, so here's the context of this joke. Which is, like, actually quite a cool thing. Uh, there's another scene... I was gonna say, you see that a lot with fan subs. Uh, there's another scene <laughs> in the dub, uh, and it's a shame, um, that I still know this. Like, know how this scene plays out. Um is that the main male character's best friend like the main male character is a bit pervy but he's not he's not so overt about it his best friend is a million times worse um 
and he's got these two tickets to the bowling alleys, and he's going up to every girl in class trying to ask her to the bowling alley, and they're all just like, no, fuck off, you pig. Like, they're all grossed out by it, and he literally, cut, like, and the friend's like, like, don't come to me, don't come to me, don't come to me, don't come to me, and he comes up and he's like, fuck. And the friend's going like, yeah, I've got these two tickets to the bowling alley, and, you know, I'm just so tired of hanging around with girls all the time. Sometimes you're just in need of a bro job. B-R-O-J-O-B. Now that, they literally have a thing saying, this entire, like, this entire scene, this is ad-libbed. Like, they didn't have a script for the scene. Like, they didn't know how they could do the scene, so they ad-libbed it, and the friend's voice actor came up with, sometimes you're just in need of a bro job. <laughs> and the friend just, like, gets up, grabs his friend's hand, and is like, I will go if you stop talking. <laughs> um, so the dub is fantastic. It's a very comedy, so cheesy, a little bit itchy. <laughs> but Euclid Halsath cannot talk. So the friend has all these like fantasies, delusional fantasies, um, and whenever he's like imagining what she's saying, they have a different voice actress doing each one of his fantasies. So she ends up with 22 different voice actresses <laughs> throughout the series. This sounds ridiculous. Um, but every night he goes like to the graveyard and he's trying to find his killer. And this magical girl shows up. Uh, and is killing this giant... Might, like, I, I forget what animal it was, but it was this giant monster. Like Each of the monsters are like fish monsters. So there's a giant whale at one point. There's giant crabs. There's giant octopus at different, like, the different times. And she cuts them in half. And then she ends up cutting uh, the zombie in half as well. And... Because she thinks he's a monster. And then he's lying there, dismembered, and he points over to his lower half. He's like, I told you I was, it wouldn't kill me. Now, would you mind grabbing that for me? And she just starts, like, <laughs> punching him. Um, oh God, and amazing. she uses her power, tries to use her power to wipe his memories. Like, oh, in the end, you're not going to remember this anyway. Um, makes him, tries to make him forget. Yeah, somehow he absorbs her powers. And he becomes a male magical girl that has to wear her outfit and use mistletane to fight. And the very first time it happens is at his school. And everyone sees him. And, like, he falls out the window and everyone's just saying... They're just, like, taking photos of him. And then he uses... Like, this is, like, all in, like, the first two episodes. Oh the show God, is this is ridiculous. The show this is, is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we say zombie like as Blizz says. We say zombie. He looks almost completely normal, just pale, and he cannot stand strong. Sunlight. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense when you say that. Um, but Korewa Zombie Deska, or is this a zombie? Is just fucking hilarious. That's another hidden gem that you need to watch. The dub for that is so funny. It is equal parts. It's not as cringe as DxD. Yeah. But it's equal parts like DxD kind of itchy cringe, just not to the same near porn level. DxD was yeah, DxD was straight up just it's, light core porn. It's <laughs> not porn. to that level, but it's it's a bit like oh come on, dude, uh, especially today. But then it's also equal parts wholesome, and kind of the same way that DxD does have that wholesome vibe to it. On one hand, DxD is just it's really fucked. Um, uh, it is really, really fucked. Um, 
But on the other time, DXD does actually have a decent story under it. Not a complicated story, but reasonable enough. And there is some very wholesome vibes that go on in DXD as well. Um, so it's funny how these like real, real itchy shows can also be really, really wholesome at the same time. Like the whole relationship between Koniko and uh, Issei, that has actually got a really wholesome vibe to it. Um, and I, I hate to call DXD wholesome, but <laughs> there is a level of wholesomeness to it. Um, um, I'll be honest, I couldn't get past an episode. <laughs> no, okay, I, I understand that because I, like, I saw everything about it, and I was like, the premise of the sound, like, of like the dragon, of like, like Drake and all those, like, that sounds cool. I want to watch it. Start up the first episode, the first five minutes, turn it off. Yep. Yeah. I was like. A year later, like, I'm going I'm I'm to try this again. No, I can't do it. And then I eventually... I, I pushed myself to get past that first episode. One thing past- I should mention when I watch shows is, like, if there is just a, an obscene level of fan service, I just drop the show. I Understandable. <laughs> um, I will say, in DxD's credit or defense... It is never as bad again after the first episode. It is never as bad as that again. Like, there's still a lot of yeah. fan service, but it's not to the level of three complete and utter losers being just so disgustingly perverted. Like, there's definitely perversion in it, and there's definitely a shit ton of fan service, but it doesn't really ever get to that level of, like, I need to go and have a shower now because you guys are fucking yep. disgusting. Yeah, like, so for me, for me, I feel like there's a difference between etchy and fanservice. So, like, etchy to me is, like, some, like, Konosuba, where it's, yeah. like, yeah, there, there isn't, yeah, there is fanservice anytime darkness is on the screen, but, um, <laughs> there, there definitely isn't, like, fanservice isn't the focal, focal point of the show. Etchy humor is definitely a focal point of the show, Yeah, but fanservice isn't. Um, and I find when there's just too much fan service, it takes me out of the show. It takes me out of being able to enjoy it. And that's just a personal yeah. opinion of mine. That's absolutely fair. There's plenty of people who enjoy anime in the complete opposite way. And I'm like, you know what? Good on you. Enjoy it. I hope yep. you truly do. But it's, um, it's just not for me. I will <laughs> say, and I'll, I'll try and show you one at some point. We won't do it on the show. No, we're not I'm... watching. No, no interspecies reviewer. I see a comment from no. Cutting Blizzard here saying uh, interspecies reviewers is a borderline hentai show. Yeah, yeah, I'm not watching interspecies reviews. No, I, I, that sure. one I'm not so. <laughs> um, but uh, I will show you at some point, like a f- one of the one of the um, DxD fights, because there are some amazing fights in there, and I mm-hmm. l- absolutely adore the ability of Drake, the red, the uh, Welsh dragon, because that's his that's yeah. his his ability. Um, mm-hmm. So he has that gauntlet and. At the beginning of any fight, Issei is the weakest member. But yeah. Drake's ability is called Boost, where every set amount of time, his power doubles. And then doubles, 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 and doubles, and doubles. And, doubles. and the longer he long can last in a fight, the stronger. And the Drake's just going, Boost, Boost, Boost. I might pull up that voice line because that's it's actually like me running a Pokemon Nuzlocke and just shoving yeah. my Pokemon full of X items. <laughs> um, uh, 
I want to see if I can pull this up. Um, no, not that. That's not what I was looking for. Um, boost high school DXD. What can you do so late in the game? Listen, you finishing dragon, dickhead! Oh yeah, there's also that. The fact that he will literally just, like, in the dub, just be like, Fuck you, you vanishing dragon, dickhead. It's not like trying to create, like, some witty swear. It's like, fuck you, you're a dickhead. Where? I take your power! You say no! What happened? Is he okay? So this is the official dub. Um, they do go just like over the top. Well, not even over the top. It's just pulling in the like, this fucking hurts. You're a fucking dickhead. Like things that you would normally just say. They don't try and um, don't try yeah, yeah. and. They don't try to flower flowerize the language. Yeah, which I actually kind of respect. Mm -hmm. It's this uh okay i just want to find the boost sure <laughs> I mean, nothing will quite get me like that uh, watching Golden guys overlord and in ability greater ability reinforce armor so i just love i love also love the conversations between drag and isei um and there's a joke that happens in um Oh yeah, the Juggernaut that I've seen, yep. But there's this joke that happens in, towards the end of the DxD stuff, um, where they call him the Opai Dragon. And today gets depressed over this. He's like, I am this mythical, legendary, ancient dragon of immense power. I do not appreciate it being called the Boob Dragon. <laughs> and it's legitimately fun because this immense being of power is getting depressed because he's being called the boob dragon because That's his wielder true. is just Blizz has uh. linked a uh, linked a YouTube link here I think this is what I was just doing yeah so yeah, the I like I like drag, and I just like I think boost is one of those like iconic lines, um, both in the dub and sub. And there's just like there's sometimes where it'll just like start chaining and just going boost, 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 boost. See, um, this just makes me think of when when Eins is like buffing himself in. Oh yeah. Oh, okay, like, that like, your ability boost, ability boost, reinforce armor. Great I reinforce adore armor. that scene. <laughs> I legitimately adore that scene, and I love the meme of every D and D character before a fight, because that's yep. effectively what they say. Is like, I'm going to take advantage of this. Yep. Yeah. Um, exactly. And right. it's good in both the dub and the sub because the sub is yep. using the English words for it. Yes. Yeah, the Japanese um, voice actors are saying the English words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the dub... Oh, the the Einzel Gon dub is just phenomenal. Einzel Gon. Okay, I'm sorry, but 
I will still hold that my sub alert for this channel, and I'm going to find it very quickly <laughs> and play it for the audio listeners, because the sub alert that I'm using I found, and it's done by the official English voice actor for Irons, because I it remember is. I think it was you asking me, like, oh, is this from an abridgment? No, this is the actual voice actor that said this. Um, yeah. It was uh, it was someone else. It wasn't me, but wasn't I, I remember actually seeing the original clip of, of him uh, saying this. Let me... F um... <laughs> I should have it here somewhere. Um, I uploaded it somewhere. Uh, let's go to... We'll go here. Um, uh, do I have one here already? No. Uh, I just go sound... Alright, we go here. Upload sound, use one of the ones they already have. It's not that, it's not that. Is it. Is it this one? Yes! My name is Ein Zulgon. I am the supreme overlord of all of Nazrik. And on this night of October 1st, I do declare. That 2D is better than 3D. I love each and every one of my waifus very much. <laughs> that will never not be funny. It is so fucking good. And I love that the original voice actor is the one that did that. Yeah. Um, it is just absolutely incredible. We absolutely love it. Um... I absolutely adore that. That's why whenever I get a sub, I just go quiet until that finishes. Because yep. how can you not? How can you interrupt that that line? That's so well done. <laughs> and um, I mean, he's not wrong. And 2D I, is better than 3D. 2D, yeah. Your 2D <laughs> waifus will never hurt you like a 3D waifu will. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's alright, 2D oh can't hurt God. you. 2D can't hurt you. Uh, it's actually, it's a line in the Steinsgate dub. Um... So there's the character, like the the hacking character Daru Daru Ishita, um, in Steins Gate, and he's a hacker and he's he's a complete otaku. Um, he's really into like his dating novels, and the the joke is that he's got this harem of two D girls, but he's also like uh, he's also got the hots for the character Faris Nyanyan, which I have a thing of over here. So this is uh, this is Faris for those who don't know. Yeah. She is the owner operator of um, um, she is the owner operator of May Queens, which is a maid cafe. And there's a scene in the dub where he's in there, and Okabe walks in, and just goes to Daru, "What are you cheating on your two D on your two uh, D harem?" And he's like, it's not cheating if it's with a 3D flesh and blood woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's forgot about that line. Oh, it's Holy good. Shit. Holy shit. It is very, very well done. Um, I mean, Blizz, there's people who have married so many um, characters in Japan. For, there's literally a service in Japan. Context. 
for context, Blizz has said, uh, MASH, except Hatsune Miku, who someone literally married IRL like it's a real marriage. Yeah, Le- there's a service. There is a service in Japan where you can marry, uh, not real characters. Fictional characters, that's the word I was looking for. Um, I didn't know that there was one that had a legal marriage to Hatsune Miku. I would absolutely question whether that was, in fact, a legal marriage. But Japan is also weird in what it considers legal and illegal, so, um,. Yeah, this is a fake one. I would have to look into that one, Blizz, because I would question that a lot. Um, but is there any other, any other topics you were looking to discuss tonight? Um, I have everything in my notes covered, actually. Everything that I wrote down. Awesome. So I think yeah. that might be a good time to wrap up mm-hmm. the first episode of My Anime Academia. Thank you to everyone for coming and to future audio listeners. I hope you enjoy the show. We've been a little bit scuffed today because this is the uh, this is the first episode. Hopefully things will continue to grow and go smoother as we progress, but it hasn't been the complete dumpster fire that I was fearing it might have become. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Winning. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. Um mm-hmm. I've definitely enjoyed it, and I hope everyone watching has enjoyed it, and I hope those who tune in to listen in the future have also enjoyed it. Um, This part for the audio listeners will be kind of irrelevant, and I might even end up cutting this before I upload it, so you might not even hear this part. So if you are, you can probably just tune out now. Um, If I haven't cut it, if I do end up cutting it, you won't even hear what I'm about to say. Because now we're just getting into the normal stream wrap-up stuff where we look for someone to raid. And thank- I also just want to touch on, I want to thank you for uh, allowing me to be a part of this experience um, and allowing me to be your first guest. It's, it's quite an honor um, letting me be here uh, with you throughout <laughs> the journey of this first episode. Well, I'm, I'm just <laughs> glad that you were willing to be here. I think yeah. it should be me saying the thank you there. Uh, to those... Who are not familiar with my co-host tonight? Uh, you can find well, I'll let I'll actually let him plug his his own stuff here. Oh, you let me plug myself. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. My name is Gigglewolf. I stream games on Twitch sometimes, and sometimes I'm even good at them. Most of the time, I'm not. But if you want to check out my stuff, head on over to Twitch.tv/GigglewolfNewType. We also just launched a brand new uh, survival multiplayer Minecraft server with a bunch of streamers, including Mashu here. So please stop on by sunkenstar.com for that or twitch.tv slash gigawolfnewtype for my content. Yeah, there are a lot of amazing content creators on that S&P and then there's also me. (laughs) Um, You're amazing too, Bash. (laughs) But uh, I will be posting a link uh, under the channel episode information to Gigawolf stuff as well because, you know, he has been our awesome co-host trying to kill a fucking mosquito. (laughs) Um, he has been our awesome co-host, and it would be rather rude of me to not include his information under the episode. Um, I'm not 100% sure on who the guest will be for the next episode. Uh, we've got a few people lined up as future guests. Uh, one of our future guests will be someone who's been in chat today, Cutting Blizzard. Uh, I also will have a future guest with another content creator named Witwit, who does some awesome stuff. And another future guest um, that I'm very much looking forward to having on is uh, the warship. 
So uh, I've got a special topic in mind for when I have the warship on, um, <laughs> who is a huge, huge Dragon Ball Z fan. So we'll be having a sort of Dragon Ball Z themed episode, I do believe. But that is not confirmed yet. Uh, but yeah, um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Thank you very much. And thank you very much to my co-host Giga. 